This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. straight away oh yeah. my gosh listen to everybody listening and watching out there right now chris cowlin is actually trying it's to search wife. for wi-fi in his car and he's back is he back here he is all yeah. right chris <laughs> welcome back to the spurs chat podcast welcome back to the channel now tottenham Hotspur have just beaten bournemouth 2-0 at the vitality stadium goals from james madison and kulisevsky the away end today was absolutely unbelievable uh and postacoglu unreal uh, Spurs fans didn't stop singing his name yet again. I've got three very special guests to talk about today's game. Tottenham Hotspur are currently top of the Premier League table, but no, none of us are getting carried away just yet. We've got three very special guests as normal. We've got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Ricky, how are you? Oh my gosh, mate. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing. Of course I'm buzzing. Um, I'm loving this. What what a turn of events! What what night and day! Like the the crowd was singing, we got a Tottenham back, and I was singing it at home as well because my gosh, um, they they're growing. Do you know what I mean? Their understanding is just just week on week. It's just it's just increasing, increasing. And again, this is just the beginning. This is just the tip of the iceberg. We ain't even seen the full Ange Postacoglu ball yet at Tottenham which is an exciting place to be. To come away again with another clean sheet as well, totally dominant performance. Bournemouth, out of the whole 90 minutes, they had 10 minutes where they could have been threatening, but the majority of it, we just we just tore it apart. And, my gosh, I am so blown away. I am so impressed. And, you know, all of the doubts that I had about him coming in, my gosh, you know, through the preseason, they were washing away. But to see it, in, in, in full HD, full, full 4K, on the pitch, when it matters, when three points are on the line, ah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm ecstatic right now. 
You can tell Ricky you just cannot wait to get started. We've also got Mitch Fretton back with us, of course, editorial content executive at Live Score. Mitch, great to have you back. How are you? Thank you. I'm very well, thank you. Um, <laughs> just just nice to to beat the early kickoff curse. And, you know, it's Saturday, half past three in the afternoon, and I can enjoy the rest of my weekend in peace. Watch the football, enjoy it, not care too much about the results that are going on. But, I mean, yeah, it, it was such a brilliant watch again today. Um, all three games this season so far have been immense. Um, you know, I, I was saying to, to Ricky before we started, I was expecting flashes in the pan of what Andrew was expecting mm. us to do at this stage. But to see the way we've played over the majority of all three games so far this season is is so mm. encouraging. Um, and yeah, long may it continue. But today, performance was brilliant. The away fans were brilliant. It's all I could hear uh, through the TV. Um, so shout out to them and, and obviously yourself as well um, for, for surviving through that absolute thunderstorm by the looks of it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, to get into things and talk about it because there's so, so much positive stuff that, that, that can be dissected out of that. Well, Mitch, great to have you here. Thanks for coming. And uh, we've also got David Harris back with us. Of course, also known as the Irish Hotspur. Check out the channel. David, how are you? Yeah, Chris, winners are grinners, right? You know, when we're winning, everyone's sitting here with smiles on their faces. I also want to give Ange Postacoglu a lot of credit as well. The way he mm. changed it very quickly in the second half when it yep. wasn't working with Richardson is what actually got us over the line in this game. And for me, bar that 10-minute period, I think it's one of the best performances I've seen from Tottenham or one of the most complete performances I've seen from Tottenham for quite some time. Maybe that 6-1 Dubliner United under Jose Mourinho. So all is good. And look, we're only going to get better. The more the players get to grips with the system, the more the players uh, get growing confidence, we're only going to get better. I mean, it's a great time to be alive. Last year, I'll be honest, it felt like a chore to support this club, to roll out of bed, watch the games. Now I bounced out of bed this morning. I couldn't wait for today's game. And that's just sums up uh, what we're going through right now, top of the league, and we're only going to get better. David, how does it work out that we play defensive football, cannot keep clean sheets, but we're keeping clean sheet after clean sheet, playing this attacking style? How does that work? Do you know, do you know what? I've, I'll, I'll actually have an answer for that. Last year, we had Hugo Lloris, who his distribution let us down. Conte tried to play out from the back, and a lot of Hugo Lloris's distribution was wayward, and he made a lot of mistakes last year. This year, we've got Vicario. Vicario earned us points last week against United. I don't think it's been spoken about enough with the amount of saves he made. I think he made six saves. And then today, his distribution came to the fore. He allowed us to be able to play the ball out from the back and play this sexy football. You've also got Mickey van der Ven instead of Eric Dyer, which Conte didn't have last year. That guy is a Rolls Royce. Look how good he was today. He was my man, the match. Everything that came into the box, he cleared. He got on the ball, he mixed it up, he passed it out, but he also he took ownership and ran it out. Last year, when Eric Dyer went to do that, simple clips out to the fullback, whatever, it ended up in the stands. Then you've got mm. Des Oji down the left. That was our weakest side last year. They absolutely pummeled us down that left-hand side last year without any pressure on them. Now you've got Desnia Doji. Gets out tight to his man. He doesn't even allow a cross to come in. He's one of the meanest guys uh, I know out there in terms of defensive. And that, that's why you're seeing that the, the, them clean sheets because of them, them three areas that we've addressed in this window. Um, and, and for me, it's definitely helping us keep the clean sheets. I've always argued once you get rid of the likes of Dyer out of there and people like that and you move on from these guys, you're going to see a lot more better. Um, you're going to see clean sheets and 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 the fruit of our, our labour and, and the recruitment, it's coming to the fore now. Ricky, let's come to you. I cannot wait to edit a video later. It's a, it's a shame that I couldn't have done it in time before I went live because the away end today was absolutely unreal. The songs that the away end sung 
all game, the whole of the 90 minutes. It just wasn't quiet for a second. Unbelievable atmosphere, goosebumps throughout the whole of the 90 minutes or 100 minutes as it was. Um, Ricky, how are you feeling right now? Because that feel-good factor that we haven't felt for so long is back. You know, the, the, the Spurs fans even sung in their way in today, our Tottenham is back, you know, we've got our Tottenham back. It just feels so good, doesn't it, right now? Oh, my gosh. It's just, I, you know, I just didn't expect it to happen so quickly. You know, I just didn't expect, you know, pre-season is pre-season. And, and when we was, you know, reporting on the games in pre-season, I was like, you know, don't worry. They're working on their fitness. They're working on their shape. You know, but we did, we always conceded a goal in pre-season as well. You know, coming to the first game against Brentford, we, we concede two, but we battle back as well to, to, to get that draw. And um, you've been seeing these flashes of just great football, brave football. You know, a, a, another kind of attribute to that clean sheet is is what I've always said. It's, it's like we had them worrying about us instead of worrying about them. Do you know what I mean? Worry about, you know, and I think that that's where most of the coaching went to. You know, uh, you've you got to worry about Solanke. Make sure you push him onto his right foot. And those were the tactics where it's like, go, we trust you, go and let them worry about us. And they were totally confused by us. The style of football, the pace of football, the pace of football, especially in that first half, it was rapid. The the passing, the moving, the interchanging, like the, you know, like it, it was hard for me to pick up where everybody was, let alone the opposition. Do you know what I mean? So to see that style of football, to see that bravery and to see us compete like that is just... It just warms. It just warms me, and uh, and again, I've I've got another buzzing weekend. I've got to send another shout out. I've done it before, but I've got to send another shout out to Jonesy because this Ginola top here, mate. This has become the new lucky top. Do you know what I mean? Like seven points out of three games, and and, and we're on a roll. Um, it feels tremendous, and to hear those fans buzzing like that, and and to be encouraging, you know, it, it and ah, oh, it, it's just. It's night and day, Chris. It's night and day. Do you know, I want to know from your point of view, though, bro, what was it like being in there, bro, amongst that away support? And how did you not get on with Crouchy at half-time? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, well, Crouchy was absolutely mobbed at half-time, by the way. Um, it was great to see him in the away end. But the away end, absolutely buzzing, as I said. And everybody is just so on board so quickly with Postacoglu. Didn't stop singing his name the whole game. And I, I just love this feeling because... We felt like this last time when, of course, it was under, you know, the now Chelsea boss, Pochettino. Um, but the, that connection with the team, the connection with the manager, again, at the end, exactly like Brentford, um, the players were just about to walk in. And I will put this video out later on on YouTube. Uh, players were about to walk out, uh, you know, walk back to the changing room again. And Postacoglu said, no, let's do this properly again. And, you know, the whole team came over to the away end and it was such a lovely moment again. And it was goosebumps, Rick, that, to, to answer your question, because, you know, that feeling of that connectivity with the team, with the club, you know, the club doing so well and playing this really attractive, great style of football that we haven't seen at our club for so long under various different managers. It is just so lovely to see. And I'm absolutely loving it. You know, I'm get, it, goosebumps again, even talking about it. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm loving this Tottenham Hotspur at the moment. And as, as a lot of you have already said, you know, to, to have this feeling already about this new head coach, Postacoglu, mm -hmm. and the way that he has done things, you know, in very, very, you know, short amount of time at the football club is just unbelievable. I just don't, I don't know how far he can go with us. And uh, I think, you know, less than a week of the window left, which we will talk about later on the show, 
you know, what more do we need to do in the window to for him to take us quite far and, you know, achieve success at the football club? You know, let's wait and see. Um, Mitch, let's come to you. Um, your thoughts on today's game? I mean, there was there was a period of about 10, 15 minutes, I think, at the start of the second half where, where Bournemouth looked like they'd maybe figured us out a little bit. They came out uh, after half-time with a lot more energy, a lot more aggression, and they seemed to sort of, you know, have our number a little bit. But, um, I mean, the main thing that stood out for me from today from today's game was the man management and the subs that Ange made to mm. make sure that we won that game. Used all five subs. Um, I don't know how many times that happened under Conte last season, not very often. Um, made made them in, in good time um, and in, in good stages as well. Made sure he saved one for in case we had an injury in the last 10 minutes, which Adogi had to come off. Um, but I, ju- I just... Even from from... The first kick today, we looked so good and it took us a little while to grow into the game against Man United last weekend. Um, but we looked at it from the very off off today. And do you know what? I, I cannot stop watching clips of our first goal because it was just immense the way that it played. I mean, everything from Basuma's little fake and turn into Sars pass through to Madison and the little death touch to just take it past Neto was was fabulous um and then we rode on up um, a little bit but they only really had that one shot that Vicario had to save I can't really put my finger on a huge amount of chances that they had we weren't under the cosh we weren't backs to the wall um and a- another brilliant thing that I noticed is we didn't revert back to what we know and panic we just carried on mm. playing what the Ange wanted to do we carried on playing in and around our own box. And I want to give a massive shout out to Vicario today because he, first game, everyone said, oh, he looks a little bit ropey. We're not sure about him. But since then, he's been phenomenal. And his distribution today was excellent. His composure when he's got two or three Bournemouth players sprinting at him was fantastic. There's a little one where he even dribbled past one of their forwards at one point and which, you know, my my heart was in my hands a little bit there. I was a little bit worried, but, you know, it, it was fantastic. Um, you know, we got that second goal as well um, and, and just then killed the game off as, as we should have done. You know, sitting comfortably at 2-0, we kept hold of it. Um, we even fashioned chances. I mean, Perisic should have come on and maybe scored two himself uh, at mm. some point. I think he's been excellent um, in the role yeah. he's played as well. Shout out to Hoiberg as well. I think um, yeah. he, he looked good again, came on and gave us a bit more stability as, as much as many people don't really like to praise him too often. Um, but yeah, Chris, I mean, it's... It's so brilliant to be able to just sit here and talk about so many positives. I could go on forever and ever, and, and I won't because um, I run out of time. But it's just, it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, and seeing Kulazewski get his goal as well made me mm. really, really happy because he, he needed that, and you could see the emotion in his face after he scored that goal. And I, I really hope that helps him kick on. Um, and I really hope that he gets. Um, you know, in Rich Arlison's ear and say, look, I've got that goal now, I'm going to kick on. And hopefully he gets the same because he looked a little bit lost in the second half, bless him, Rich Arlison. You know, he made mm. that silly error, got himself booked and then had to be taken off because of it. Um, but, you know, apart from that, everything else was really positive and we picked up another three points um, against a tough team. And, and I, I was impressed with Bournemouth. I'm impressed with them so far this season. I think they're going to give a lot of the bigger sides a really tough time uh, this season. So, yeah, credit to the boys, uh, credit to the manager, credit to the fans, um, credit to everyone, really, because it, it was almost the, the perfect afternoon, really, and uh, three points on the board. Um, and I'm already looking forward to Tuesday's game against Fulham. Mm. So, yeah, happy days. Mitch, are you getting carried away already? 
Well, no, never. I've never got carried away about Spurs in my entire life, just like everyone else. Look, you've got, you've got to enjoy the moments while they're here because we had so yeah. many you know, dark moments last season, so much anger and disappointment in and around the club. And you know, you just got to remember, we sold our best player this summer. Yeah. We sold yeah. the club legend, our top goal scorer. And we've yeah. come out of the box flying, playing really well. So if you can't get carried away at this stage, then what's the point in following the club and following football at this level? Because, you know, the highs that we get from it and the enjoyment and excitement from talking about it like we are now, you know, it's one of the best feelings that, that you can get. So, you know, people can say um, you're getting carried away. Rival fans can say that. But why not? It's a, it's a game of football, winning games. We look excellent. And, you know, long may it continue. Well, Roy Rice. Roy Price writes here, Conte was a defensive coach, Ange was an attacking coach, but our defence looks more solid under Ange, loving Ange ball. Roy, I completely agree with you. Dave, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game. Yeah, look, I was really sort of nervous going into today's game because, you know, against Man United and Brentford, we started off slow and Tottenham traditionally don't really do well on early kickoffs. But on the flip side, Ange has had a lot of early kickoffs with that Celtic team and they've never really... Uh, you know, falter to deceive. So for me, you know, Ange definitely got them up for this game. And from minute one, we, we, we went at them. We looked to sort of put our game on them from, from the off. And I'm absolutely buzzing about that. I thought, you know, our back line is, is the catalyst to everything we do right now. It's keeping clean sheets, which is, you know, which was a huge problem for us last year. But also, look at, like, we, we play barely any long balls anymore. Everything that wants to be passed out, the calmness, the composure of them is, 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 is absolutely insane at this level there was a couple of times today you know Mitch uh, Mitch spoke about not reverting to type but last season we would have just ballooned that long to get ourselves out of pressure but we didn't we kept playing it in tight pockets of space um and it, and it just basically gave us the platform to go on and and excel I'd argue our midfield probably wasn't as good as it was against Man United but we still had enough in there to be able to um you know create a lot of chances and we created a lot of chances which I actually thought would have been our biggest problem today because I envisioned us making Bournemouth sit back an awful lot and we created a lot of chances. And for me, I think our recruitment, you know, the fact that we've um, we've solved our biggest weaknesses from last season, I think that has to get a bit of credit. However, I do have concerns about Richarlison. He started, he had a very good first half, but the second half, it completely tailed off. He went back to the same old Richarlison, balls bouncing off from sloppy first touches, this, that, and the other. If we can get a goal scorer before the end of the window closes, God knows where we can take this under Ange Postacoglu. But it was just great to see us playing playing football, you know, one touch, enjoying it, looking like we are enjoying it. Last year, we looked like we were suffering. This year, we looked like we are enjoying it. People look free, one touch, free-flowing football. It started way back then with the push and run under Arthur Rowe, and we're now getting absolutely fantastic football under Ange Postacoglu. You know, again, push and run, pass and move. Everyone wants the ball, and it's absolutely great to see everyone enjoying their game. And, um, yeah, I'm just delighted to get out of there with the three points today, Chris. You, you know what, Dave, just to jump on the back of that as well, I think, you know what uh, Andrew was saying about Madison, where, you know, he's come in and he hasn't got the baggage that everybody else has got. He's come in, he's looked at the training ground, he's looked at the training ground, he's looked at the team and gone, look, man, we're fantastic. What we hang in our heads is we're here for. I think that's a kind of reflection of the team as well, because there's so many new fresh faces. 
you know, from, from Vicario, you know, with his calm passing, you can pass it back to him. You you were saying there, the boys were saying there, you couldn't pass it back to Hugo. You knew if you pass it back to Hugo that, that we was in trouble and that there was a bit of panic and there was a bit of confusion and then it would go out for a throw on, it would go up the field, would give it away and invite pressure, invite pressure. But Vicario hasn't got that baggage. Mickey hasn't got that baggage. Your doggy hasn't got that baggage. Do you know what I mean? Pedro hasn't got that baggage. Basuma, he's come in and he's, he's like, all right, I was here last year, didn't get an opportunity, but let me show you. Under a manager that knows my game and allows me to express myself and allows me to be brave on the ball, again, again, he's changing direction. I, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, the whole way through, Madison ain't got that baggage. Do you know what I mean? Sonny, absolutely new guy with, with the, the weight off his shoulders and the captain's armband on his side. He wants to lead by example, but again, he's a great kind of communicator. He's a great person in the tough times and in the good times to kind of get you through. You know, uh, Kulu's got lots to prove. And Richarlison, as we say, we're still kind of com side with, with Richarlison. But the majority of that side is totally fresh. They're totally hungry. Their, their desire is high. They want to prove everybody wrong. That Everybody that wrote us off. Do you know what I mean? All those pundits that wrote us off said that we were going to be in the bottom half of the table, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because they were thinking about last year. They were thinking about that squad from last year. They didn't realise how many new players that we had coming back off of loan and how many new players that we've created, uh, brought in, recruited. And this whole side is totally fresh. This whole side is totally fresh. And exactly what you said about the substitutions, not only was the timing perfect, but the, the, the actual subs were perfect. There was two yeah. experienced guys that came on at a time when Bournemouth was on top. You had Hoiberg there as a karma, as an influencer, as an enforcer in the midfield. To so we go, don't worry, I've got it. Then you've got the experience of, of uh, Perisic there on the left-hand side that came on. And you give it to him. And right now, he looks like a different player. He look, in that position, in the left-wing position, he looks like he's faster. He looks like he's fitter. He looks like the stepovers are there. It's like, what is going on? So we're not running anybody into the ground, which we're used to doing. So to see this freshness and this energy from this side, this is what's, this is what's great to see. And this is what's got us all buzzing. And this is why you should get carried away. Enjoy the moment. Like Mitch said, enjoy it. Because we've had dark times for a long time. So while it's good, enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Because we're competing and we're going for something. And the Harry Kane sale has galvanised this team. I, I think half of them were, were upset about it and was like, what? Mm. Okay. But they brought everybody together. was like, we'll show them. And the same Ange as well. He's brought them together. You know, we're, we're solid. How many times did we say that we had no direction, no shape, no nothing to aim for? We, we, we was a lost side. But all of that has changed in rapid time. And this is what's exciting about our football right now. Yeah. Ricky, have you ever known a manager to have such an impact on the fans after just three league games? No, no, absolutely not. Look, when Conte came in, um, I was like, all right, I'm fine. Now, listen, um, I, I, before we got him in, I didn't think he was going to be the right man. I did, a bit like Mourinho, I didn't think he was going to gel with Levy. But if we appointed him, then I'm like, okay. So we're, we're switching our way, right? We're going to go and try and get these proven players that are going to fit Conte's system and we're going to go on this uh, winner's route, okay? And all right, if we're going to sacrifice good football for a winning a winning team, then okay, fine. Because we did, we did have a world-class manager in, in that sense. So when we signed him, he just came off of winning Serie A. So we're like, all right and cool. 
let's go for it. And that was an exciting time because we just came off of Nuno, right? And everybody, I think, in their hearts of hearts knew that Nuno wasn't the one. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't Nuno, it was Nuno. Do you know what I mean? It, it just wasn't the one. No disrespect to him, but it just wasn't the right fit. And so to come to this manager right here that actually plays the way that we want to we want to play, it plays the football that we want to see, you know, that speaks, he speaks so well. I love listening to him. He can talk about anything and I love listening to this guy. And I think that the boys are taking that too. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's broken it down. He's made us a family unit again. It's the one thing, one of the biggest strengths that, that, that Pochettino had when he was with us is that he, he created that family atmosphere. He created that Spartan atmosphere. I've got your back. You've got my back. Let's do it together. We can't achieve as individuals. We can only achieve as a team. And that goes right throughout the club, top to bottom. So another thing that I love what he said the other day, I think he was, they were chatting about players and he was just like, no, listen, wherever I've been, I, I, and if I need to get something done, I get it done. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I was just like, wicked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, wicked. That's exactly what I needed to hear. So whoever's come in now and whoever's about to come in, this is exciting times. And this is these are the players that Ange wants and these are the players that Ange wants to move forward with. It, even the way that he spoke about the 25-man squad and certain people are going to be left on off of that. You know, that's going to have a couple of those players who are, are in limbo right now. That's going to have them shaken because they're, what, they're going to be off the list. There ain't no cup game. Uh, well, there ain't no Europe. Do you know what I mean? So they're going to be off the list and they're going to have to find a solution for some of these players that we need to, we, we need to get out the door. So it's, it's a super exciting time. I've never seen some, a, a fan base actually take and love and believe in a manager this quickly. Never seen it. But but we feel it. Us Tottenham fans, we feel it. We needed it. We needed it after Conte. We needed something like this. And honestly, at the end of that last season, I didn't I didn't trust the board to make the right decision. I didn't. But they have. They really have. And they're backing him. So let's keep going. Let's keep pushing. And let's see where this Tottenham side can go. Just, just on that quickly, uh, I think the biggest difference when it comes to that is... We've had managers in the past that, although I may agree with some of the criticisms they've aimed at the club, they were constantly making excuses for not succeeding. Mm. Whereas with mm. Ange Postacoglu, he's had a lot thrown at his way in such a short period of time, but it's no problem. Washed off the, off the shoulders, we move, we keep moving. I think that's the biggest difference. You know, nothing seems to be an obstacle for this guy. He sees everything as a challenge and he finds solutions. Mitch, let's come to you. Um, let's talk about the starting eleven because there were no changes whatsoever to the team that beat Manchester United at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last weekend. Vicario in goal, the back four of Poro, Romero, Van der Ven, Udogi uh, in midfield, Basuma, Madison and Saar and the forward line of Kulisevsky, Son and Richarlison. Uh, subs today, Forster, Royale, Sanchez, Davis, Hoybier, Skip, Lacelso, Solomon and Perisic. Um, thoughts on the lineup today? Surely um, it was the right thing to do. Uh, not making any changes. Of course, James Madison was a an injury concern going into this game, but he trained yesterday. Um, how many changes would you expect Postacoglu to make for the Fulham game on Tuesday? Do you, th- do you think he's still going to go strong? Uh, yes, I do. Um, purely because I think Ange being the man that he is, uh, he will know that the fans are desperate for a good cup run in both competitions this season. So I will expect him to go strong. However, I do think there will be changes. Um, I think he protected a few players um, this this afternoon by bringing them off. Basuma, Saar, Madison, 
Um, so I reckon we will see them in some capacity, but I do think we will probably see the likes of Perisic start. I really hope that Solomon gets a start against Fulham as well. I think he he deserves that and um, deserves a chance to show what he can do. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was the right decision to, to go unchanged for today. Um, I think obviously Madison was the big talking point with him not training until uh, the day before the game. However, you know, they wouldn't have risked him if they weren't 100% sure that he was fit. Yeah, I was of the opinion that I would have been happy to either have seen Lo Celso come in for him or perhaps even move someone like Kulazeski into that central role to see if he could do a job there. Who knows? We haven't seen it before just because he was he looked like he was struggling a little bit on that right-hand side before, before he got his goal today. Um, which ironically came from from a more central position, um, but yeah, it, it was it was a good chance for those players to go out there and prove that the performance against United wasn't just a one off. Um, and I think every single one of them proved it uh, this afternoon. Um, I know that they're probably going to go to bigger and perhaps more intimidating stadiums than Bournemouth this season, and that will be the ultimate test. I think that North London derby after the international break is going to be probably the biggest test that they're going to face this season um, in terms of, you know, showing what they can do under the ultimate pressure um, and, and trying to implement the game plan that he wants to do. Um, but yeah, the starting lineup was right. Um, and the players proved it both as a team as and as their individual performances. I mean, Son didn't really have a, a decent chance on target again today, but I think that what he did do really well was led as a captain really well from the front. Um, you know, he was he was responsible for keeping the players motivated, keeping them focused. Um, and that's really good. That's stuff you want to see from a captain if you, if they're not going to perform particularly well. Not saying that Son had a bad game, but if they're not going to come up with the goals like we expect someone like Son to have, at least, you know, give your all in that side of the game with his pressing um, and with the communication to the players. And I thought he did that superbly. Um, and I thought he looked half decent when he went into the middle as well, when Richarlison came off. I think we're going to see that. Um, a few more times this season, um, perhaps dependent on whether we do bring in another striker before the end of the transfer window. Um, midfield, um, I think I agree, I agree with what Ricky said earlier. They weren't perhaps maybe as spectacular as they were against Manchester United, but they still put a hard graft in, um, you know, putting their bodies on the line. And uh, I know it's, you know, little pieces at, at the stage and level they play at, but when you're playing in, you know, very heavy rain and, and soaked through to the brim and stuff. It's, it, it does make it a little bit more difficult. But um, again, they stood up to the challenge. The defence the defense has, has been the biggest difference for me. Um, and I think most people, it just we just looked so much more comfortable there. I mean, Nicky van der Ven was absolutely phenomenal with his recovery runs, getting the ball on the turn and bursting past the pressing strikers, picking out the right passes, um, and it has had an effect on the rest of the back line. Romero looks so much calmer uh, and mm. so more level-headed than he did last season. I think he just feels more comfortable alongside a player like Van der Ven than perhaps, you know, Eric Dyer and perhaps Ben Davis as well in, in, in a back three um, of centre-backs. So, um, yeah, in that sense, it was good. I think there was perhaps a potential that Emerson Royale could have started the game today because I thought he played relatively well against Brentford but again and took that risk and gave Porro a chance to prove himself again um, in that inverted fullback position which I thought he did again superbly he was receiving the ball on the half turn in the middle of the pitch and playing and finding the spaces so that we could play out from that press um, so every single one of them did their jobs excellently again today and uh, I think it proved Ange right by going for that 
same starting eleven. And you know, when we went two 0 up, um, it meant that you could take the likes of Saar off, Basuma off, Madison off, and it means that they'll be that little bit fresher for for Fulham on Tuesday, which is going to be a tough game for how early we are uh, in the Carabao Cup. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's about the management. I guess the good thing is we don't have those European games this season, so it'll be a bit easier to manage. Um, and, the, and the players can, you know, realistically should be able to play every game, including the cup games, if if, if they want to. A lot of them are used to playing European football anyway. Um, but yeah, re- really happy with how it went, really happy with the lineup when it came out. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me um, if that is the lineup we, not for Fulham, but for Burnley next weekend, that we, we see that again. Um, because why change a winning formula at the moment? Um, you know, if it's, if it's not broken, don't uh, don't change it, essentially. So, yeah, happy with, with the lineup. And, and again, like I said earlier, of all the players that came on, played their part for the team um, and will continue to do so. And I'm sure some of them will be rewarded with starts when we go to Craven Cottage as well. Dave, let's come to you. There's a number of points here on this uh, on this question. Um, with Richie, it's like playing with ten men. Is that harsh? Um, I don't think so. No, per- personally, I think against Man United, I don't think he really offered us anything. I did feel like at times it was playing with ten men. Look, today I thought today I actually thought first half he was very good. He had a good flick on him from Son in behind. He had, uh, you know, his first touch was on form. He had a couple of um layoffs to Madison and stuff like that but it's 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 his finishing that for me is 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 a problem you know i think he had two chances against Brentford nothing against united and two again today and he hasn't took any of them if that was harry kane especially that first chance he doesn't even try and skin the defender that's in the that's in the back of the net on the near post um, and and it just goes to show that he's lacking in the confidence but also we have to remember you know the guy's not fully fit either since we've signed him He's been injured. He's been carrying injuries and it's, you know, he's just not fully fit either. But for me, look, a bit harsh based on today's performance, but overall, he hasn't really offered anything to Tottenham Hotspur since we signed him, despite how many opportunities he has had. Um, look, I, I for one am backing him. I hope he comes out of it. You know, he is he's 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 our senior striker at the end of the day. Um, uh, he's just going through a bit of a confidence crisis. You know, a lot of a lot of his game screams to me. He's not on form. Uh, he's not he's not confident. You know, the first touch going away with a lot of the times. But look, today there was glimpses. There was an improvement, and I think you'll get the nod against uh, Fulham on Tuesday yet again. And hopefully, we 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 see more improvement from him because we've got no option. But to stick by him, I do agree. If you move maybe Sun centrally and put Perisic on the left, you might see um, an even better Tottenham going forward. And the reason why I say that is because when Sun went centrally against Man United, straight away we got the second goal. And it was because the ball was played into him. He laid it out wide and the ball was put in by Madison and Ben Davies got got the flick on. Today, Sun went centrally. And it got us back up the pitch when when that, that 10 minute spell we had was because anything that went near Richarlison, he kept on losing. And a lot of some of the times he wasn't necessarily under pressure. So what Bournemouth then done was take the ball off us and run at us again and just keep running back at us for that for that 10 minute period. And Ange Postacoglu, I think, spotted it. I think the last straw was when he had Madison here to the left, Porro to the right. The only pass that was blocked was Kulizewski, and he hit it straight off the Bournemouth defender in front of him. Straight away after that, Ange Postacoglu made the change because he realised, you know, he's 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 reverting back to the Richardson and Man United, and he's costing this team because he keeps losing possession. As soon as someone up there, 
we, we some was able to hold it up, lay it off, and it got us up the field. And we went up. We got we ended up getting the second, and we killed the game off. That's twice now. Hans Postecoglou's moved Son into the middle. We went and got the second goal, and we've killed teams off. And when when you look at what Son's off and when he goes in there, Son ain't a natural striker, but he's handling that role a lot better than what Richarlison is. So for me, I think it gives Ange Postecoglou a bit of food for thought. But Ange will not give up on Richarlison just yet. He won't do it. He's not that sort of man. He'll stick with him. But for how long is the biggest question. Rick, let's come to you talking about Richarlison. I just feel that he just needs he just needs a tap in. He just needs a goal, doesn't he? He really does, just to have that that bit of a break. Do you think that Ange Postecoglou is going to trust Richarlison going forward? Is he going to be our main striker all season? Do you think Spurs will go out in the transfer market to try and buy a replacement for Harry Kane, if there is such a thing? Uh, or do you think he's going to stick with Richarlison? OK, I'll, I'll go backwards. You, you can't buy a replacement for Harry Kane. Are we going to sign a striker? I believe we are. Because I think one of the things that we used to say for years is that we can't just have Harry Kane as the number one striker and nobody challenging him and, mm. and, and, and running him into the ground. So the same way on, on Richarlison. You can't just have the one striker there. You need options, and Ange loves options. So I think we, we do, and I think we need to, go into the market to definitely get some form of attacking player or striker. But you, you're, you're never going to get the same as um, Harry Kane. It's just, it's just, you know, he's one of a kind, bro. The, the, we've spoken about Harry Kane for years, so we all yeah. know what I, what I mean by saying he's one of a kind, all right? He strengths everything, right? So... I think that um, he he does believe in Richarlison, but for me, and I don't want to make this, I mean, understand me. Understand that I'm not, like, cussing him out, all right? But, but, but can, can I just say, Rick, I, I really want it to work for him. Me too. And it's funny me because too. When, when I turned up at the stadium today, the guy next to me, um, you know, we were talking about Richarlison, and I said, how many goals is Richarlison going to score today? And he went, zero. And I said, no, today's going to be his day. I think he's going to do it today. And he was like, no way. And, and, and I must admit, this is probably the only negative today and the only negative that we'll talk about on this, on this show today. There was quite a lot of criticism for Richarlison today. And even when he went off, uh, subbed off, the Bournemouth fans actually sung, what a waste of money. And a lot of the Spurs wow. fans actually shouted, yeah, we agree. Wow. Well, I'm, I, look, the, the thing is, is that like I was speaking about last week, okay, we've had two pivotal players that have left. We've had Hugo Lloris and we've had, uh, we've had Harry Kane. These are two pivotal points in our team for years, right? And Vaccaro's come in and we had concerns. I voiced concerns. But the thing is, is that he has taken that mantle and he's like, again, like he has done throughout his career, from what we hear, he has taken on the challenge and he's like, watch, I'm going to prove it to everybody. I'm going to show everybody. The difference with uh, with Vicario is that he's now got a new back line in front of him. So he's, he's working with all of these new elements, okay? Richarlison last year was talking about the chances and the opportunities. He didn't have that many. We spoke about him not being played in his preferred position. Harry Kane is now gone. There's a Harry Kane-shaped hole in the team and it's there for Richarlison to go for it and to go pick up, pick, pick up the reins and go, I'll show the lot of you, like he does for Brazil. But there is some, some, some thing in confidence. There is, there is, 
the confidence ain't there. There was a there was a ball from Madison, which I, I believed, and the commentator said as well, that he should have hit it first time. But then he cut it in and he almost fell over it. And then there was a couple of yeah. touches that he had where it was just like, like uh, Dave was saying there, like his first touch was off and he, he was tripping over the own ball. You know, he, there was a point where he, he, could, he dribbled up the field and he had acres of space, but then tackled himself. And, and what it reminds me of, and this is what I want to say about not cussing him out and, and just stay with me for a second, is that it reminds me of Sanchez. It reminds me of Sanchez being Bambi on the ice. It reminds me of Sanchez doing that ghost touch where he, last year he went to touch the ball and then he ends up missing the ball and the, the opposition takes it and they end up like attacking us. Do you know what I mean? So what that says to me, there is something in his head, may, maybe the hurricane pressure uh, and may, maybe being the main man right now is kind of playing with him. But again, you know, it, the, the thing is, even with him, it's like one of the things that he was great at is creating chaos. And he's not even creating chaos right now. You know, in the, in the box, around the box, um, just with his tenacity, just with his aggression, he's not even really creating that much chaos right now, which is why I believed we brought him in for Conte in the first place. So there's certain parts of his games that he, he, it's, it's not happening and it's not clicking. The one thing that we can kind of hang on to is that Ange believes in him. Um, with the system that Ange plays, he's going to get many an opportunity. But it's about it's about him. It's about his head and it's about kind of, I don't know, like just getting it to click. He, he needs a bit of kind of... Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Like, F it about himself. He's like, you know, F it, right, I'm going to show you. He needs a bit of that kind of aggression and fire in his soul, which he normally has. He's hanging his head too low, you know, these past three games. What's he hanging his head down for? I can understand him yeah. being disappointed in himself, but that's what I'm saying. Something mentally, something's happened where it's just not sitting right. So we, we as Tottenham fans and as Tottenham support base, we need to support him too. The same way yeah. that I was talking about cheering on Vicario when he makes a, a good save and kind of giving him the confidence that we've got his back, you know, wh whether he does something good or does something bad, you know, we, we've got to encourage him and lift him. And the, the, the crowd and, the, uh, and the, uh, the support network, I, I think we need to do that with Richie as well. Maybe he needs a song. Maybe he, he needs something that, we, we, like, that shows him that we're, we're, we're backing him to do well. Because I want every player to do well. I want everyone to be a world-class player. I want all of them to, to play out of their skin and, and get hat-tricks every week. Do you know what I mean? And Richarlison has all the attributes, but 
we are going to have to go in there and get another option because on days like today, when the head ain't there and when he's lost it a little bit, we need to bring on somebody else to be able to go, all right, and fine, go. You go and do it. Do you know what I mean? Mitch, what are your thoughts on Richarlison? Do you think he's going to be a hit at Spurs this season? Because, of course, one Premier League goal last season for Tottenham. Postacoglu's given him the chance. Harry Kane, of course, is left. This is the chance, isn't it? This is the chance that he's got to grab. Yes, um, I think... <laughs> I, I really, really want to hold out hope for him. Um, and I, I agree completely with what Ricky said about, about the whole thing. We need to really get behind him because um, he's so obvious. He's such a confidence player. Um, we've, we've seen it for, for Brazil um, on, on multiple occasions. When he scores for Brazil, you know, quite often he goes on and gets another goal in that particular game. Um, you know, it affects how he plays. And, and, and um, like I said, it, it helps him get his head up. But you could see him physically head looking down at the floor today, just not happy with anything that he was doing. Um, and to be honest, I think there needs to be a balance to it. Um, I think that we definitely need to bring another forward in um, because I think he just needs that added added bit of competition. Um, with it's, it's, it's a difficult one for him, bless him, because obviously with when Harry Kane was at the club, he was, he's never really going to get a sniff um, in, in that centre-forward position unless Harry was injured or being rested. Um, but if we bring in, you know, a younger sort of forward, maybe someone like Gift Auburn or, um, you know, Jonathan David or, or someone of that sort of calibre um, that, that aren't necessarily going to always start over him. And I think it could possibly be good for him. But I think that, you know, and I think Ange mentioned it in his press conference yesterday. He said he's not worried about it at the moment, but, you know, if he goes 20 20 league uh, games without a goal or something, then obviously conversations need to be had there. There needs to be a balance because at the end of the day, you've got to remember that we're a top football club um, wanting to compete for top honours and silverware and get as high up in the in the Premier League that, that we can. And if Richarlison's not performing week in, week out, um, then you have to decide where you want to draw the line there and, and try something different. And it's difficult because you, you can't help but feel a little bit sorry for him when things aren't going his way. But at the same time, you have to have that little bit of ruthlessness to mm. say, right, OK, I get it. We feel a bit bad for you. Things aren't going your way, but we need to be scoring goals. That is your job and, and you're not doing it. Um, mm. So, you know, I have a, a bit of a, a balanced head about it. And, and I'm sure people agree with mm. what I've said. But, you know, I, 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 I put something out earlier when it, when he made that silly challenge and then he made a really bad pass, whatever I said, he needs to come off. Otherwise, he's going to end up doing something really mm. stupid because he can be a bit rash sometimes as well. Mm. And when his head's that low and he's sort of not really in the game properly, it's just, you know, it would be the sort of thing I could see him going and getting a silly red card or just making a ridiculous mistake and costing mm. us a goal. Um, you know, you, you get pelters from people about it. His confidence no low enough as it is, leave him alone. But... Like yeah. I said, you have to have that balance to, to be able to say, yeah, but he's had his chance. He's had 60 minutes again today and he hasn't really done anything, albeit it wasn't the case today because I agree with what you guys have been saying. I thought he was good in the first half with his, his hold-up play and his building and just, you know, he had two chances perhaps that he said that he possibly should have scored from, that header at the back post and the one where it sort of got caught behind his feet. Um, so, yeah, again, it's... It's a really difficult situation with him. I have faith in him, personally. Mm. I, I am in the camp where I think if he scores one or two goals, then he'll start playing better. You know, you saw what happened to his confidence when he got that goal against uh, Marseille in the Champions League last season. It completely lifts him and he looks like a completely different player. And I think we saw the best of both worlds with Richarlison today. Mm. First half, we saw perhaps the best of him or, or near the best of him 
barring the goals. And in the second half, we saw maybe the player that, that he's been for, for the majority of his time at Spurs. But I don't, I don't want to say he needs more time because he's obviously been here over a season, but he didn't get much game time last season. And he, yeah. he is still at a new club. Um, he was the main man at, at Everton. Everything was going through him and he was the main source of, uh, of their goals. And um, I just I just think that give him give him a few more weeks, give him time to go off with Brazil in the international break, assuming that they're actually playing and he's been picked. I haven't actually researched that. Um, and, and give him a chance to perhaps go and get a goal for his country and, and pick his head back up, come back, um, you know, get ready for the North London derby. And as long as he's careful, Richarlison's the sort of player you want to come into the North London derby because he can be really effective, you know, an expert yeah. getting into the opposition's head, winding the fans up, getting on the wrong side of them. That's the sort of, you need that sort of player in, in, in the London derbies, especially against Arsenal. So, yeah, I'm holding out hope for him. Um, I know that he's got the quality um, and and... We just have to be a little bit patient with him and and just have our fingers crossed that once that first goal comes, and it will come, we, we're creating so many chances under Ange that the chances and the goal will come that he just then can build on it afterwards. Well, Ange is confident that Richarlison will score goals. He's just said straight after the game, Richie uh, will work hard. He's a good footballer. He will get his goals. What's more important for me is that he keeps contributing to what we're doing as a team. Um, Dave, let's come to you. Um in the third minute of the game, Spurs were on the attack. Hunmin Son tried to pass. Uh, should have shot, in my opinion. Um, what have you made of Hunmin Son's uh, three uh, Premier League games so far this season? Look, I think the first one against Brentford, I thought I was very disappointed with Sonny. But, you know, there's not enough spoke about that. He's behind the fitness of the rest of the squad because he only had a surgery just before he went on pre-season. Yeah. You know, he played through injuries for us last season. And, um, you know, not a lot of people maybe speak about or highlight, and it is a contributing factor to maybe the performance we've seen against Brentford. However, against Man United, I thought there were shades of him getting back to himself, getting on the ball, driving at people, looking to cut inside, linking up with people. Um, and he, he probably should have he probably should have had a goal, only that brilliant block from Luke Shaw. But today, again, I thought Son was absolutely excellent. I thought every time the ball went to him, he, again, he looked to make things happen, driving at people and um, taking people on. You know, then flicks around the corners with a doji. The one of them ended up leading to a goal. Um, so for me, his link up play, even when he went into the middle, the link up play, being able to play off with others. I think Son is it, it Son is getting back to his best. I think he's getting up to full fitness, and it's only a matter of time before he scores. You could see near the end of the game today how desperate he was just to get that goal. Um, and um, but for me, all I'd say to Sonny is just keep doing the same. That goal will come, it will fall your way. Right now, it's not, but it will in future. Just keep doing the right things. But for me, you know, we're, we're, we're very quick to sort of turn on the good players at Tottenham Hotspur, players that have been that have given this club service, players that have carried this club on their back through hard times. And as soon as they don't perform, we very, very quickly turn on their backs. But yet, for some of the worst players at this football club, we make excuses for them not performing. And for me, it should be the complete other way around. And for me, I think, look, just just give some time. I think he's getting back to his best. The captaincy is really... Um, you know, I think he's thriving underneath that now as well. You can see him speaking to people at one stage there. And it's only... The, it, I know it's a little thing... But I remember in the documentary, Hugo Lloris gave out to Sonny near the end of the first half against Everton for not tracking back. But there today, at one point, I think 
the ball went down there, down his side, and I could see him thinking about it. I could see him thinking, oh, I'll let someone else do it, but he didn't. He turned and he sprinted back. I think the captaincy reminded him of his job. And for me, you know, you're seeing a lot of uh, pressing out of Sonny, which is good off the ball as well. And that's something else that isn't uh, taken into consideration when we talk about some of these four players. Even Richarlison, a big part of Andrew's system is when we lose that ball, we'll have to go and press it to try and turn it over. And, you know, that's what uh, Richarlison gives us an abundance up front, but that's also what Sonny gives us. So for me, I think Sonny had another, uh, uh, another good game today. I put him in, um, you know, I picked four four players out for a man of the match, and I put him in there for one of them. I thought he was absolutely outstanding going forward. I think he was our best four player on the pitch today. Who did you give the man of the match to, Dave? I ended up giving it to Van der Ven in the end because I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, but, you know, Sonny was there. I had Madison in there as well, and um, I had a Doji in there. I felt bad for leaving Porro out because I thought he was excellent today as well. But, um, you know, for me, uh, Van der Ven was my man to match. Just quickly on Richarlison, I just wanted to say just quickly that if we end up bringing in a striker, that's going to crush him altogether. That's going to kill his career off at Tottenham. So we've got a huge decision to make over the next week. Do we stand there and back the guy? Or do we go into the market and bring someone else in? But if we do, we've got to potentially um, be aware that we could end up killing Richardson's career off at Tottenham. But you know what, Dave? It, there's, there's a part of this as well, bro. I totally get what you... Because I was thinking that as well. If we bring in a striker, we bring him off, bring him on in 60 minutes and he scores, it's going to crush him. But at the same time, you, we, we can't carry no one anymore. Do you know what I mean? He's He's got the opportunity. It's up to him to take it. The same way that we would say the same about those second teams that we'd put out in certain cup competitions we'd always say look the opportunity's there go and grab it you know mm -hmm. go go and force your way into the first team richie's got that number nine shirt and he's he's mm -hmm. got the starting spot and it's all about him you know yes he is a highly emotional player but it, mm -hmm. i totally get what you're saying about crushing him but at the same time we can't carry and we I can't agree. hope you know the thing is is that if he would give us us fans something to go We've got, you know, if he he needs to give us confidence to to back him even more and to say something like that to be like we don't need another striker. Go get a young one. Go get an attacker. Let Son carry on, kind of dipping in and out. But we can't do that. We just can't do it because we're we're in a different stage right now, and this is a totally fresh side. And so if he hasn't got it about him, or if he still kind of doesn't put in the performances that we're hoping for, mm -hmm. and, and be reliable. You know, it's hard to be reliable in the Premier League for any player, but mm -hmm. to be reliable and to trust him 100%, you know, it's tough because he does have a long line of injuries as well over his career. So yeah. there's always going to be that kind of balance. So I, I totally get what you're saying mm -hmm. and I totally hear what you're saying because of his high emotion and, and mm -hmm. where he's mentally at right now. But we can't afford to just gamble on, on Richie being up there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see what happens in this final week of the transfer window. Um, Ricky, let's stay with you. In the 10th minute, um, James Madison had a shot on goal. It was blocked after a good uh, good play by Spurs. Five minutes later, mistake from the Bournemouth goalkeeper. Chance for Madison, which was saved. Richarlison, tame header at goal. And then just two minutes later, uh, in the 17th minute, Spurs took the lead. James Madison scoring his first Tottenham Hotspur goal. What a great through ball, though, uh, from Pape Matassar. But Madison is certainly that player that we have been missing oh. since Christian Eriksen left the football club. Oh, and do you know what? He upset me today. I'll tell you why he upset me. Because, you know, with the whole knock, I took him out of my fantasy football team. And I'm <laughs> like, 
what are we doing here? And, he, and, and not only does he have another dynamite game, but he scores as well. Do you know what I mean? So, but no, oh my gosh, a player that we've been crying out for for a long time. But again, we, we might have bought Madison in previous regimes and he could have got lost. He could have, you know, it, it, with the systems in the way that we was playing before, maybe he wouldn't have got a chance to express himself and kind of take uh, this kind of this leadership, but this kind of this confidence in, into his game week in, week out. We might, we might have crushed him as well. So the fact that he's here at this time, and the fact that he's doing what he's doing is phenomenal. The boy is fantastic. I love how he's taken the number 10 shirt without any worries whatsoever. You know, it, there's, there's been no kind of, oh, it's too heavy for him. Do you know what I mean? Like, none of that. He's just mm -hmm. taking it on. And um, he is definitely a leader on the pitch as well. You can see that how he kind of encourages everybody around him. And again, he's given us confidence in the games, in the short amount of games that he's played there, that you can play it into him. And whether he's in a tight scenario, surrounded by players, or whether he's got space, he's always going to make something happen. Do you know what I mean? He's always going to make something happen. It, it, uh, I, I think he's definitely going to be the, the, the breakout standout star this year for us. Fingers crossed he stays fit the whole season. And fingers crossed we just see him grow in confidence and grow in ability week in, week out. Because... The, the boy is fantastic. The boy is fantastic. I don't even know who to describe him with. Some are describing him with a bit of Gaza. Some to say a bit of Ericsson. I don't know, man. He's just, he, he's just, he's, he's fantastic. I, I, I love the video that he put out the other day as well of his, of his uh, baby going, come on you Spurs. Do you know what I mean? He was teaching, yeah. teaching the baby right now, as we all have, sitting in our dad's knee at some point going, come on you Spurs, you know? So he's fully involved and he's fully kind of entrenched in the Tottenham way. Um, I also love it when Laura Woods, you know, was like, why Spurs? And he was like, look, I could see myself in that shirt and I could see myself playing that type, that style of football and I could see myself in that stadium. Do you know what I mean? So there is something about him and there's something really, really special about him. But again, this is only the tip of the iceberg. This is this is like this is this is just the surface. He hasn't yeah. he hasn't hit his peak yet for Tottenham, and I, I, all I see is more goals, more assists, more tenacity, and and more that his confidence just growing week in week out. He has been absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. I'm so happy that we've signed him, and I'm so happy in, in the direction that we're going with him as well. Ricky, a great ball uh, through though from Saar. Um, what I mm. want to know. Because this did come up in, in the, inside the stadium with a number of fans. When Benton Kerr comes back, who does who does he replace in the team? I mean, luckily, luckily we're not we, we don't have to chuck him straight back in. Do you know what I mean? Luckily, we don't have to like rely on him with the ACL that he's had. It's, it's going to be difficult to come in, but ideally, bro, he's going to take Sar's position. Do you know what I mean? I think it would be Basuma Sar. Uh, Basuma, uh, Benton Kerr, and, and Madison. And and what is that midfield going to look like? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, my gosh. What is that going to look like? But at, at the same time, this is what I'm saying. It's like with the performances of, of Saar being there, um, you don't have to kind of chuck Benton Kerr back in and just kind of rely on him week in, week out. You can bring him in slowly. You can increase his fitness. You can increase the, the strength in and around the knee by giving him, you know, whether start the game, the first 60 minutes, or the last 30, 40 minutes. Do you know what I mean? 
depending on how it goes. But um, it, it, right now, we don't have to... We're, we're not sitting here going, oh, my gosh, we need Benteke back. Oh, my gosh, we need Benteke back. As we was last year. Do you know what I mean? When he went off, we saw the difference. We saw the difference not having a Benteke there. Um, but the, the, the performance from Saar has been, again, pretty, pretty outstanding. Uh, it wasn't just the through ball from Saar, but it was... Mitch said it earlier there. It, it was the uh, Basuma. So the pre-pre-assist. So it was Basuma picking it up, laying it off to Saar, mm. and then Saar just finding that beautifully slotted ball in for yeah. Madison. And Madison scuffed it. Do you know what I mean? He, he just kind of scuffed it, and, and he's had the direction on it, and he's managed to manage. That's to go what in Richie and... needs to do, you see? That's what Richie this needs to do. This is exactly what he needs to do. That's <laughs> what he needed. When Madison put him through, that's all he needed to do was just, just scuff yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Um, but fingers crossed it comes. Fingers crossed it comes for Richie. But yeah, man, it's going to be exciting times with... Benzikur is back. Oh my gosh. This Tottenham team. Bloody. Bloody Mitch, let's come to you in the 23rd minute. I tell you what, this was probably one of my highlights of the game. It didn't result in a goal, but it nearly did. Richarlison to Madison, Madison to Son, Son to Saar, shot at the goalkeeper. Uh, it was a tame shot in the end, but what a move from Spurs. This is Angeball at his best. Oh, yeah. It's just the, the fluidity. Um, of the whole of <laughs> of the whole team is they they just all seem to be on each other's wavelength, um, which you know is so so important when you want to play the brand of football that, that he's trying to implement. Um, just knowing where the next ball is going to go and and reading the game maybe three four even five passes ahead. Um, that is what is key when you're trying to play like this, and, and we saw it on on a number of different occasions today. Um, and I, I know that particular move didn't end in a goal. Um, but, you know, it wasn't the only one we saw where it was just, you know, quick passing, one touch going quickly. And then, you know, there, there were perhaps times where we got ourselves into that position throughout the game, but maybe didn't just get the goal away. I think there was another chance, it might have been before the, the first goal where Madison, you know, maybe could have put it away, but it, he sort of scuffed his, his own shot onto his leg. And it was just that build up. Um, of the player, something that we haven't seen in, in such a long time, you know, probably since the early early potch days, the, that, that brand of football of just building up and, and, and playing those crisp passes, playing the, the defence breaking passes that Basuma and Sarah and Madison are all capable of doing um, is, is just fantastic. And it's, uh, yeah, again, like I said, it's testament to the players because they haven't had that long to work with Ange and the coaching staff, but they've clearly managed to grasp onto his ideas on the training ground very, you know, quickly and in a short space of time um and you know, can you imagine what this type of football is going to look like in a year or two's time when he's had you know all of that preparation to build up a complete squad of what he's won not one that he's just inherited and added signings to here and there and he's really drilled those um you know aspects and, and style of play into every single player's head and, and his mentality um and i, I just think the team's willingness to run for each other um, and make those runs off the ball uh, are something that, that again, we lacked uh, under Conte on, on several occasions. It just looked like the players weren't necessarily fighting for each other. And I think that plays a huge part um, when when you're together as a team. And it comes back to the point I made earlier about you know Son's impact as a captain and Romero and Madison and the roles that they've taken up. Um, but yeah, again, it, it, we could have had several goals today if if we were a bit more decisive I think in their penalty box 
Um, yeah. And if we if we just were a bit more sharp in in some of the shots, like I said, Perisic could have had a few when he came on. Richie had a couple of chances. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I've said before, the the build up is just fascinating to watch and. I'm starting to get this sort of sense and feeling every time we're building from the ball and when we break their press like we did so many times today, when, when Bournemouth have got four players running at you uh, at mm. the defence and you've got either someone like Pedro Porro or Adogi, that inverted wing back, receiving the ball on the turn in the middle of the park and then we've just got so much space to run into um, and then you know, you, you've got the likes of Madison who get on the ball and I think there were, there were almost two identical situations where he sort of played that ball towards someone on the edge of the box. And there was one where it just got past Porro and, and the other one might have been on just one. I can't quite remember. But um, when you've got the players of that quality in, in the attacking third, um, then it's just it's just a sign of how many chances we're actually going to create. I think I heard a stat, um, and I know we're only three games into the season, so it can be taken with a pitch uh, pinch of salt. But on, on um, commentary earlier, they said, we averaged something like 24 touches a game in the opposition box under Conte. And so far this season under And, we're well into the 40s. Um, so you can just you can just see how much of a, of a change there has been, how much more on the front foot we are. And with that added quality and that attacking midfielder in particular that we've been dying out for ever since Christian Eriksen left, um, it's just you can see the difference in, in how our play is built and, and the chances that we're creating. We're not just relying on Kane to perhaps pick up a bit of magic and, and make that split in pass or, or take the goal himself. So, yeah, really impressed with that again. Mitch, with the way that we've played and what you've seen in, in the opening three Premier League games, can Spurs maintain this uh, on this on a consistent basis? And what is your expectation now for league position? At the end of the season, yeah, I think I think although I don't like to admit it, I think that missing out on Europe last season in the end is, is a bit of a blessing in disguise for us because it gives Ange that chance to just purely give give him the first season to focus on domestic football. You know, give us a decent cup run if he can, but focus on just getting the boys playing a consistent style in 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 the league and and see how far it can take us. Because if we if we can play like we did have done in the first three games for the entire season, we will finish in the top six. I'm I'm confident of that. Um, I'm I'm wary of saying right this second that we are capable of competing with City, Arsenal, Liverpool. Um, uh, I, I was about to say United then, but I'm not going to say United because they they look not very good. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's something that the we can keep up. And and like I said earlier, I I was only expecting sort of glimpses here and there of of what Angeball was going to look like, but we're already seeing it on a consistent basis. And I think if he's already got that mentality drilled into the boys, there's no reason why we can't maintain it as long as we stay relatively injury free um, because that always comes into play um, and then there's every team goes through a rough patch during the season and we will go through one uh, at one point I know that towards the end of the season we have a really really tricky run in um, against a lot of the a lot of the big boys um, so yeah I think expectation right this second if I had to say I would be willing to say that we are capable of definitely getting into the top six Top five, I don't see why not. I don't, after three games, what I've seen from 
yeah, okay, maybe City and Arsenal are probably going to be a bit of a level ahead of everyone else again this season. Um, but I think we look better than Chelsea at the moment. I think we look better than United. I think Brighton and Newcastle, we'll see how they develop when they're playing consistently twice a week, the same with Aston Villa. But, you know, I'd, I'd be doing myself a bit of an injustice if I say that I don't think we're capable of finishing above those teams this season because we should be, realistically, shouldn't we? We've We've got quality in our squad and we have players capable of pushing us towards those top four places I'm not going to say that we are going to get into a top four this season but I mean if you compare it to what Paul Merson said on 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 Sky the other week saying without Harry Kane Spurs are a bottom half team we're clearly nowhere near a bottom half team we look excellent and yeah like I said I think that we can consistently carry that on throughout the season Dave, let's come to you. In the 25th minute, a good flick on by Richarlison, um, headed on to Kulusevski. It looked like he was away, but um, a poor touch let him down. Of course, Kulusevski mm. scored Spurs' second goal uh, in the game today. But what did you make of his performance today and the three games in the Premier League so far? He's very much hit and miss, Kulusevski is. Um, look, he took his goal well, by the way. You know, It was a very good finish right to the far, far corner into the side net. An absolutely brilliant finish. Uh, but for me, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Sometimes he does some great things. Sometimes he does some really poor things. We spoke about his decision-making sort of being off in pre-season, Chris. And uh, for me, I still think that's there to a, to a large degree. But look, he, he people, you know, he turns over the ball more than any more of our um, than than uh, any one of our forwards. And I think that's why Ange Postecoglou persists with him because of how bad, uh, how much ball he turns over and how much work rate he goes through. But on the ball, I still think, you know, there's a few things to work out with the guy. But for me, that's just about, you know, getting them back into full confidence. I think the player that we signed when we when, when he got here was absolutely unbelievable. He tore the Premier League up. Last season, he, he, he had an injury. I think we brought him back early. Uh, personally, it looked like we brought him back early. And I think he suffered on that. Then, then from that, really, for the whole season, there was a lot of players that played injured last season. This season, look, he started off poorly, in my opinion, but hopefully the assist against Man United and the goal today will, you know, the confidence will be back to him. And it's only a matter of time before you see him start, um, you know, ripping it up again. Look, for me, I think he's having trouble. I think everyone knows he wants to come in on his left-hand side or onto his left foot. And it's very, very easy to read. But over the last two games against Man United and today, he's starting to mix it up. He's driving on the outside, looking to get to the byline, looking to get the ball across the box, which is exactly what um, Ange Postacoglu wants from his wingers. He wants them to hit that byline and pull it back. But I've seen some good and I've seen some bad. He's not there yet. Like I said, he scored the goal, took it well today. But then there was also an easy pullback for Sonny that he, he, he failed to execute. And Sonny would have buried that. So for me, he's still, he, he still, he's still got a bit of work to do, Chris. But he's getting there. Dave, let's stay with you. Um, let's talk about the Richarlison uh, chances. 36th minute, Richarlison chance. It seemed like he'd done all of the hard work but just didn't finish it in the end. Four minutes later, Madison corner, uh, Richarlison headed wide. What did you make of those two chances? Should he have buried both of them? The first chance, I think he should have hit first time, if you want me to be brutally honest, rather than try and take that touch by the defender. With, with, with how close he was to goal, surely he has to know once he takes that touch, the keeper's bearing down on him, the people behind him are bearing down on him, and that takes his chance away. So you have to hit that first time in the header. If you're if you're, if, if, if you're confident, you direct that back on goals. And he ended up hitting the side net. And look, I, I think he should have walked away with two goals uh, today. I was like you, Chris. I was telling everybody, look, 
It's games like today that he's going to score. He's made for a ball into the box. Let him go and attack it. But that composure just isn't there. In that split second, you've got so much to consider. You've got the whole off your mind. You've got to, um, you know, think about how you're going to finish it. You've also got to execute it, get it on target, this, that, and the other. And for me, I don't think Richardson can camp compartmentalize all them different components that have to be made in that split second effectively enough to be able to score on a consistent basis that we need from him. When I look at Richarlison, it's sort of like sometimes I don't even think he knows what to do with teams. Uh, but look, he should have buried them two chances, in my opinion. Uh, I've been practicing the pigeon dance all week, waiting to uh, unleash it this weekend. But unfortunately, I have to keep it in the locker for uh, the Fulham game, Chris. I cannot wait to see you doing the pigeon on this channel. <laughs> we are all looking forward to that. I'll be cheering on Richarlison even more now, David. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. Um, was the criticism right for Vicario after the first game in the Premier League against Brentford? Because in the 41st minute, he made a good save from Christie. Um, bearing in mind that Bournemouth only had three shots on target today. Um, Vicario's performance today, happy? Yeah, very much, very much so. Um, the thing is with Vicario, again, like we've said, you know, he's a new keeper, new country, new defence, new manager, new system. He's got a lot to work out. But the one thing about him is that throughout his career, he's, he's taken the challenge on and he's built himself up from nothing. So he's, he's a keeper that has got a lot to prove and he doesn't mind going out there to prove it. And I think with, as the weeks go on, he's building, he's building in confidence. And he's, he's building in kind of expression as well, being allowed to express himself, being allowed to get out there. The one thing today that I really, really loved, it was his pass choices. Like the choices that he made when he did pass the ball. The obvious one was there, do you know what I mean? Out to the right wing, out to the left wing. But there were some times that he passed it into midfield or, you know, uh, centrally. Or like he just made really kind of clear decisions and it wasn't the obvious pass every single time. So even when Bournemouth came out for the second half, I think that was part of their game plan to get around that back four, try and press and try and nick it off of one of our defenders and then put the goalkeeper under pressure. But v Vicario, was, it, there was a point where he could have, he took a touch and he could have played it the first time, but he took another, and at this time there was a Bournemouth player bearing down on him, but he took another touch and just knocked it out and, and it was directly to its man. Now in the first game, against Brentford, there was a couple of those, but it was it was nervy. It was shaky. Do you know what I mean? And there were a couple of times where I think it was the first 15, 20 minutes where we gave away the ball with risky passes against Brentford. Um, and you could see he was like, oh, it was the same with Mickey, though. Mickey van der Ven, he, he gave a couple of balls away in that game. And so did Basuma. There was a couple, there was a couple of them that were trying to, to play that risky pass, the non-obvious pass. And it just wasn't quite there. But as we've all said, and as we've all got to take into account, our pre-season was very disrupted. Mm. You know, not only was that game cancelled in the middle against Leicester, but the Sailors game was, you know, it was supposed to be Roma and it ended up being Lion City Sailors. You know, um, then, you know, we've had the Shakhtar game, we've had the Barcelona game. All right, great. But there was... It wasn't a preseason in which you could kind of see the boys get into a rhythm, but they made all the mistakes that they needed to make in that preseason, which I always encourage. I don't mind losing in, I don't mind mistakes in preseason. If you can make them there 
and learn from them and, and, and push on from them, then I'm happy with that. Do you know what I mean? And that's what they've done. They've taken it game by game and they've improved game by game. And it's the same with Vicario. He has improved immensely. And I've got to say, to, to a, a kind of just a quick sidebar as well. Romero, right? Now, Romero got a lot of criticism last season for his, you know, rash challenges. You know, people were like, oh, he wants to play for Argentina more than he wants to play for Spurs and stuff like that. And that ain't that ain't a bad thing either. There's a lot of South Americans, there's a lot of players that are very proud, and English players as well, that are very proud to play, play for their national team. It's, it's a different thing um, to, to get that shirt, to go and represent your country. It's a, it's a different thing. So the fact that he wanted to go and do those things, I, I don't blame him for it. The recklessness. Now, you've seen Kuti in a goal celebration, when we've scored, right? That he goes and he's slapping and he's punching our, our own mm. players and he's kicking and he's like, Rah! he's that type of aggression player. And the times that he was reckless last year was when we was in dead games, when there was no movement, when there was nothing happening, there was no options open. He was the, he was the one defender in a back three, do you know what I mean? Doing his job and he got frustrated. His recklessness came from frustration. And that's what he does. He's an old school player like that. One that will leave something on you. One that will go and put out a rash challenge to get your, your own side up for it. Being like, all right, cool, come on, let's go. This year, he doesn't have to do that. This year, he's got a partner in crime which he can trust. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not only to control the ball, but to put in sliding t- tackles like Mickey van der Ven done in that second half. He done a couple of sliding tackles where he was just like on the money, on the ball, picked it back up and got the ball moving. And they're working their partnership. And where you can see we're playing this style of football, it's more enjoyable. You see that every single player wants to play this style of football and including Romero and giving him that kind of vice captaincy as well. It's giving him some responsibility as well. It's, it, it, I can't remember who said it. I think it might've been TJ, but it, it was like when you give the, the bully in the class the, the kind of uh, the responsibility to look after the, the, the library for the, do you know what I mean, or something. When you, when you give that kind of troubled kid responsibility and then they step up. And I think it's the same with Romero. He's been faultless. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's been no yellow cards in three games. You know, there's been no rash challenges. If he needs to put one on somebody, he will. But the majority of the time, they're on the money. You know, and the same goes for Pedro. Pedro... Everyone was like, oh, we're worried about his defending. We're worried about his defending. The last two games, we've had two clean sheets. And he's been phenomenal. He's used his pace. He's used his positioning. And that goes, again, comes down to the manager who's worked that line and worked that system. Now, during pre-season, Chris, you didn't see no defensive training in all of the training sessions that you went to. And when you asked me why, I was like, well, maybe he hasn't got the defenders to work his defensive system. Soon as Mickey's come in, they started drilling, drilling, drilling. Your doggy, drilling, drilling. Pedro, drilling, drilling. And we've got options. Do you know what I mean? So it's, 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 we're working. We're working. There's so many good things about this side. Isn't it so nice to see though, Ricky, how well that all of these new signings have just fitted in immediately. It's like they've been there, like Madison, it looks like he's been there for years. Yeah. But do you know what? That's what I that's what I'm saying about that kind of Harry Kane going. There's a galvanization there. There's there's a okay, let's go to work. And you know, uh, firstly, uh, the people that we've brought in, those that were on loan that have come back as well. I'm speaking about mostly about you, you doggy. Um but those that have those that have come into the side, they've got a lot to prove. 
and they're up for it and they've got the personality and the mentality to take the challenge on and to move forward with it this mm -hmm. is a style of football that all of them want to play if you remember what mickey van der ven was saying i think it was last week or the week before he was like even when he was sitting in the stands watching i think it was versus brentford he was like this is the this is the football i want to play i'm excited to play this football this is this is the way you know the trainer has given us confidence to go out there and, and play this way and i think the, the, the whole side is, is, is taking it yeah. on. You know, the whole side are uh, encouraged by it. They're excited by it. And they, they know their job. They're not losing their heads and kind of getting overexcited. They know they've got a job to do. But they every single week, it's proving Ange right. Because yeah. Ange will go, look, you remember what I told you on Tuesday in training? Look, it happened then and we scored. Or look, boys, defensive. You remember when I said to push up at this time? Look, look how we've done it here. And... So every little like element, it's not the full article yet, it's not the full package yet, but e these little elements of, of good pockets of play is it, proof and it's encouragement to carry on following, following the Ange Postacoglu way and that this way is going to be successful for not only league games, but cup games and going forward. So mm. it's just galvanised that mentality and, and galvanised the confidence within each other and everybody's going out there to kind of, do the job that's set about them. I'll ask you the trophy question right at the end of the show. Oh. Mitch. <laughs> Mitch, let's come to you. Of course, Spurs went in at the break 1-0 up. Um, Bournemouth had a couple of small chances um, just after or, or at the start of the second half. And then in the 59th minute, Postacoglu made a double change. Sartre off, Richarlison off, Hoybier and Perisic on. What did you make of the performances of uh, Hoybier and Perisic uh, in the last half hour of the game because it has been um, stated a number of times in a number of different reports that Perisic and Hoybier could be on their way out of the club uh, before the uh, transfer window ends, especially Hoybier. Um, do you think Postacoglu would like to keep both of them? Do you think we should keep both of them? I think, um, I think that he would. And I think today they would have given him ample reason to, to be happy with having them as part of the squad. I think both this week and last weekend, they came on and did the job that was required of them, which was to come on and help see the game out. I mean, yeah. Perisic was obviously involved in the, the second goal against United as well. And I feel like he came on and uh, when he did on that left-hand side, he was at the at the centre of everything that we were doing going forward from that point onwards. And Hoiberg, um, for all of the perhaps little flaws that he that he sometimes has and the sometimes misplaced passes, I know that there's one in particular that was doing the rounds uh, after the United game last week. But I think that he came on today and he's another player that didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, he he's just a calm head um, and he knows how to see a game out. He's he's got that sort of experience and leadership in the middle of the park. And especially when you've got players like Pasuma and Saar who are going to run their socks off for the entire time, um, the entire time that they're at uh, in the game. To then be able to bring someone like Hoybier on who's got a lot of composure on the ball. He doesn't panic under pressure. Um, and he's another player that he can play through the lines and, and beat the press. Um, yes, we've seen mistakes from him. Um, but you've got to trust that Ange is able to to coach him to to stamp those sort of mistakes out. Um, and and like I said, when when they came on today, we didn't look weaker, which is such a again such a refreshing thing to say. Usually, when we make our subs or, or have done previously, 
you're having to sacrifice someone like Son or, or Kulazewski, who over the last couple of seasons have been some of our best players. And to, to be able to bring someone like Ivan Perisic on, who's, you know, World Cup finalist, Champions League winner, veteran mm-hmm. at, at the top level, yeah. to be able to bring him on for the final, you know, 25, 30 minutes of a game is is a luxury almost because now that he's being played in his proper position as a winger rather than, than a wing back, he's able to have that bit of freedom in the final third to be able to run and beat his man. And we saw the quality last year that he possesses in, in terms of his crossing and, and assisting and stuff like that. And we, we saw it again today. Um, and, and like I've mentioned a couple of times now already, he could have had a couple of goals himself if he was just a, just a little bit sharper with his finishing. Um, and yeah, going back to Hoiberg, I know that he splits opinion um, and a lot of people really don't like him and, and would be more than happy to see the back of him. I, I wasn't against the idea of, you know, perhaps him going off to Atletico Madrid if, if the money was right. But if we do keep him, and it does look like that is potentially going to be the case now, I, I can see him playing a really important part for us this, this season, whether that be filling in uh, if someone did were to unfortunately pick up an injury or they needed a rest, or if it is, to come off the bench and, and help us see the games out, then I think that he's got the qualities to be able to do that uh, at a top level. So, yeah, I was, was really impressed by them. Um, and they're, they're probably two of the players that came on that I wouldn't be surprised to see them start against Fulham because I think they do have the quality to be able to go out against, you know, a team like Fulham, no offence to them, of course, and, and have a real impact and help us win that sort of game. Mitch, would you be surprised to see Eric Dyer and Tongyondon Bele still in this Tottenham Hotspur squad? Not that they were in the squad today. Um, come the 2nd of September. Do you think they'll still be Spurs players? Would I be surprised? No, is the honest answer to that, Chris. I wouldn't be surprised to see them still at the club. I think it's very, very telling that Eric Dyer hasn't been in the squad for any of the Premier League games um, so far. I think that he is clearly just not fit for what Ange wants out of a centre-back. And you can see why. Um, if you compare him to someone like Van der Ven and they're sort of polar opposites, aren't they? Ange wants someone at the back who's composed, can play yeah. out under pressure, has a bit of pace about them. And unfortunately for Eric, I don't really think he possesses too many of those qualities. Um, so, you know, there's, there's bits and pieces floating about, isn't there, of perhaps a few clubs interested in them, but... I mean, we've still got so many players to ship out. Um, I think it wouldn't, it, we won't be able to ship out all of the players that we want to get rid of. I, I think that's a given. I think there's a list of eight to ten players, realistically, that that probably aren't wanted at the club still. And you know, with what is there, six days left of the transfer window, I'd I'd be shocked to see all of them go, even seventy five percent of them. So, mm. Eric Dyer, I wouldn't be surprised to see stay. Uh, I really think. And, and I may be completely wrong, but I just feel like Tangi's being a little bit stubborn with his demands. I, I, I feel like there are a couple of suitors out there for him, for him to go and play football. Um, yeah. He seems to turn in his nose up. I think he's comfortable to just be sitting on a, a pretty wage at Spurs. And even if he isn't in the matchday squad, which is a real shame for him, because I think we're, we're all agreed that he's got an exceptional amount of talent, but he just doesn't have the application um, to, to sort of show it on the pitch necessarily. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at the at the club come the second of September. And to be totally honest with you, if I had to pick one of the two to go, I, my money would probably be on Dyer purely because I think he'd be more flexible with with finding another club. I know 
he's come out and said that he wants to stay and fight for his place. But if you've got, say, another Premier League club coming for him and guarantees him a starting place in, in their team, then I feel like he's level-headed enough to say, OK, right, I'll, I'll go and do that. But with Tangi, I think if he is going to go, it's going to be another loan move, unfortunately. And I think that's just going to be the case until his contract expires in in 2025, there's just a few issue players at the, at the club that we can admit that we've made a mistake in signing or tying them down to contracts and, and maybe wages and length of contract that they're on. Um, and I think at this point, we're just having to deal with that as best as we can. And the squad's massive. So if they are still here at the start, uh, at the end of the transfer window next week, the likelihood is they're going to be sitting playing for the reserves or whoever it is for, for the season because they're not clearly not good enough to be in Ange's, Ange's squad for, for, for the match day so far anyway. It just must be a modern day football thing because I, I really cannot get my head around players wanting to stay at football clubs and not getting any game time. I, I'll never, ever understand that. Um, Dave, yeah. let's come to you in the 63rd minute. Um of course, Spurs went 2-0 up uh, against Bournemouth. You doggy, what a cross from him. Kulisewski mm-hmm. finishing. Um, it looked like it was actually going out. You doggy, um, what, a, what a cross from him. And, and another player again who looks like he's played at Spurs for years, adapted extremely well to Premier League life. Yeah, I mean, look, there was glimpses of it earlier on in the first half. I remember he got the ball and he ended up doing like a little trick and he skinned by Tradem, ended up winning uh, winning us a corner. Uh, but, you know, it was a beautiful clip round the corner by Son. You know, this is the thing with Adoji. He can link up with the players around him. He linked up with Perisic. He linked up with Sonny on that move. Um, and for me, this is what I really like about Adoji. Not only is he good defensively, defensively where he excels is he gets close out to his man. Um, he doesn't give them any yard to, 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 to be able to skip by him or cut inside. He gets very, very close to them defensively. So defensively, he's sound. But what I love most about him is the confidence he has on the ball. How many times do we see him picking up the ball on the left-hand side, yeah. going down the line with it, confident enough to try and run out with it, running through the middle? And, um, you know, I was buzzing that he got that assist today. I I, 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 I can't wait for him to score, to be, to be uh, quite honest with mm-hmm. you. But, you know, to, down that left-hand side, he's just given us a new dimension. Last season, it was all Perisic, 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 just lump balls into the box. Whereas Adoji gives us that different option. He drives at people with the ball and he's got the footwork to be able to do it. Plus, the determination to be able to, uh, you know, stop that ball from going out and get the cut back on the cross. It was absolutely unbelievable play from Adoji. And for me, I think he's going to be one that he's going to form a massive part of this new era of Tottenham. I think he's going to be around here for quite some time yet. The the, the biggest thing is that he wants to be here. He's a willing runner for people as well. Mitch Shorter mentioned it. The biggest difference is this season to last season, we've got people running off the ball. How many breakaways do we have where it was four on four, five on five? Last season, we were left with Harry Kane up front or tasked with Son and Kulu to drive out with the ball. This time, as soon as we get the ball, we've got four or five runners getting ahead of the guy on the ball, pulling people away, creating space. Um, and Adoji's one of them, a winning runner down that left-hand side all game long, even to get up behind Perisic to support the play. Um, he, he's been absolutely fantastic, Destiny, and I want to I, I see more of him. Uh, but the goal, Kulisesi took it very well. Very tidy finish. Um, you know, where, where he actually put it, I think it's the only place he could have put it to be able to make it 2-0, right across the goal, into the side net, and um, uh, across the far side. Absolutely great finish. Well, Ange Postacoglu on your doggy after the game just said, uh, I think he just kicked the ground from what I understand. 
He didn't want to come off. Just speaking to him now, he is fine, which is great news. Um, Ricky, let's come to you. In the 70th minute, Madison had a chance, shot wide. Son was in the middle. And I tell you what, Son looked absolutely furious that Madison didn't pass to him. Yeah. Uh, four minutes later, Madison went off. Basuma went off. Lo Celso and Skip on. Um, let's talk a little bit about Lo Celso. Would you expect him to still be a Spurs player at the end of the transfer window? I mean, look, if Ange wants him there, then, then I'm with it. But the thing is, is that, look, and we don't know whether these reports are right. Maybe Mitch can help us out. Maybe Mitch knows a little bit more. But, um, you know, there was talks about, you know, he was promised game time and now he wants to leave and stuff like that. And, and if that's true, then I kind of see it as a poor tasting attitude in the sense of you haven't been here for two, three seasons. You're, you're just getting yourself back into the side. Um, you know, you've got to earn your spot. You've got to earn your spot and you've got to take your chances. And uh, just just to kind of caveat that, there was a report out, I think, I'm sure it's from Romero, I can't remember, but there was something put out where it was like, he wants to be here. Gio wants to be here. He, he, he wants to achieve. So if there is that, depending on which side it is, but if, there, if he does want to be here and he does want to achieve, then I, I, I don't see it being a bad thing for him to come off the bench for Madison or to be there as, a, as an extra kind of, um, as, a, as almost like a replacement, a like-for-like like for Madison, in the sense of that you've got a creative player there looking to, to, to get those kind of intricate through balls for the forward line. Um, whether he's going to be here or not, I, I really don't know. I really don't know, Ray. Because th- this this next week is going to be crazy. But I think it's up to him. If his attitude is kind of like, oh, why are you playing me? You said you was going to play me. Then he obviously doesn't have that kind of team ethic or team mentality that is going to make us successful under Ange. And, and, and a player that Ange can rely on in that sense. So if that's the case, then okay, cool. I, I don't mind you, you, you leaving. But if he's got his head in the game and, and if he wants to earn his spot and if he wants to, to, to get his spot off of performances and attitude and earning it, then I'm with it because, you know, he, he was one of the ones that did impress me in pre-season. And there, there could be finally something to cheer about when it comes to Gio Lestelso. I've I've never really... There was a small period of time, which I think was about four games, way back when, where I thought, all right, he's looking good. And then it just went off the boil again. So I haven't had really too much to shout about when it comes down to Gio. I've said many a time that regardless of what, what criticism Ndombele gets, I still think Ndombele is, gave more in the short time than Gio did at, at that mm. time. So now is his moment. It's up to him. Um, but at the same time, we do need to get some out the door. And I think not being on that, 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 that squad list come the 2nd of September, I, I, I think that should be a worry for some players. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, also we've got to also remember that the Saudi transfer window, it does it, that, is it open for an extra week or so after the, the, the window shuts yeah. for everybody else? So there's always like a secondary option um, come the close of the window that we can still get rid of some. So it shouldn't stop us buying, but yes, we do need to get some of these players out. And, I, I would hope, I would like Gio to stay to kind of show us what type of player he is because we haven't seen it as a Tottenham side. And in a competitive game when three points or a qualification or something's on the line, haven't really been able to see it, haven't been able to shout for him. And it would be great to because there's an Argentinian kind of 
or South American contingent at um, Spurs. And I, I, he, he could be fantastic. He could be phenomenal. He could be. But we, we're still on could. We're not like, oh, he's done anything to give us this confidence. It's up to him. It's up to him. He's just posted, actually, on X, formerly Twitter, of course. Um, three more mm. points. Happy to play in this shirt again, Tottenham Hotspur. Thanks for the support, fans. Uh, Mitch, let's go. go to you. In the 76th minute, Mickey van der Ven, uh, what a tackle from him. Uh, it looked like Bournemouth were um, just about to go through on goal. Uh, made a fantastic tackle. What have you made of Mickey van der Ven's time at Spurs so far? Oh, I love him. I think he's brilliant. Um, we, we, we've we been crying out for for a quality centre-back for well over a year now. Um, and it looks like we've got our man. He he has looked comfortable and he's, he's he seems like he's fit in seamlessly, um, which you can't say for all new players coming to a different league. Um, you know, he spent... He spent Two seasons in the Bundesliga um, after spending some time in uh, the Dutch league. First season with with Wolfsburg, he was injured for the most of the campaign, so didn't really play. Came in last season and did did fantastically well. Um, you know, we've all seen the clips of of some of the stuff that he did um, when he was on the verge of joining us, and I think that we we have just seen what a fantastic sort of sign it's going to be. And it took a little while to get it over the line. And I think people were getting a bit frustrated. But now that he's here, I think we, we can all say that it's been worth the wait. Uh, he just looks mm. exceptionally composed on the ball. He can pick his passes. He can hold the player off. He's strong. Um, he's got the pace to burst past players and get us moving forward up the pitch as well, which is brilliant. You know, you see from most centre-backs, if they're under a bit of pressure, they'll try and turn their man. And nine times out of ten, they'll go back to the goalkeeper or they'll go across to their other centre-back. But with Mickey van der Ven, when he sees someone coming and he says, all right then, I'll have you on that, puts on a burst of speed, past his man, and then bam, it's a, a drilled ball into the midfield, into a tight space. We turn and we're off. And I think they're, they're probably, you know, a strict set of instructions that he's had, had under Ange, and that's exactly what he wants him to do. Um, and he's made a real difference. Um, you know, two, two clean sheets um, from two, two appearances, um, from from the from the fella um, over uh, against United and um, obviously today against Bournemouth, so it's a, it's a sign of things to come. I think that the defense is just completely transformed, and like I said, it all works in unison. Romero looks better because of him. Adogi looks better because of him, and he's able to go forward and trust that Van der Ven is going to be able to cover him. Um, and I just think the the biggest part of it for me that I've noticed is his recovery runs. You know, if we do get caught, which you know maybe once or twice today, and again last week against United, he is able to get back and get onside. And we saw it with with the tackle that you just mentioned there, Chris, just being able to get back and, and throw himself into that ball, win it, and then you know even even when it dropped to another Bournemouth player after he made that challenge, he was straight back up and chasing after the next yeah, player and yeah. trying to win that ball back for the team. Um, so yeah, I think the main. Thing Thing. And it's it's not just Mickey as well. It's with the other boys that have come in. They just look so proud and determined to play for the club. Um, you know, with with the badge on their chest. And you know, I'm, I'm sure you will have seen that video of Basuma. You know, slapping the badge on his chest after the game against United last mm. week. And it, it just it's such a feel good factor. And when you've got players um, playing the way that they are, the way that that Mickey Van der Ven's come in and, and started, it just gives the whole team confidence and they all bounce off each other. You know, if, if Mickey van der Ven's playing really well, then, you know, Adogi on the left of him is going to gonna start playing really well. He's going to feed off that confidence. The same with, mm. with the rest of the team. So I, I, I still think 
it would be very harsh to say that James Madison hasn't been our best signing so far and perhaps even signing of the summer as an early call uh, early into the season. But Mickey van der Ven for me is a, is a very close second and I, I've been absolutely impressed with, with everything he's done so far. Gary Wright's here. We're still top of the league. I'm going to say that. Come before. on! Is <laughs> the Arsenal game finished? I don't like stuff like that. <laughs> Well, in the 82nd minute, Udogi went off, Ben Davis came on. In the 86th minute, Son had a shot um, over the bar. 88 minutes, Kulusevski crossed to Giovanni Lo Celso. He seemed to have uh, left it for Hunmin Son. It was then cleared. Eight minutes were added on at the end. Uh, Pedro Poro had a free kick, hit the wall. The rebound, he hit wide. Uh, ben Davis then had a shot over the bar. And then Perisic, right at the end, shot wide. Now, the match stats today, Spurs had 57% possession to Bournemouth, 43%. We had 17 shots to Bournemouth, 11. We had six shots on target to Bournemouth, three. Corners, we had two. Bournemouth had six. And fouls, Spurs, 11. Bournemouth, 18. Now, final question for all three of you, and I'm going to put it all into one. There's actually three questions into one. Um, Dave, let's start with you. What would you like to see happen in the next six days of the transfer window, mm-hmm. uh, ins and outs? Your prediction for the Fulham game Tuesday night. And is this going to be Tottenham's season to finally win a trophy? She's there. Three big questions there, Chris. Um, look, on, on, on the trophy front, I think, yes. I, I think we can definitely win one of the domestic cups. People think Ange Postacoglu's here for a rebuild. He ain't. Ange Postacoglu's a winner. He's won everywhere he's been. And his whole whole whole, whole psyche and his whole goal is to end off with a trophy. And I, 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 don't, uh, I, I don't see why we can't pick up a domestic cup. When you... Um, Postacoglu, when he signed, he spoke about watching one of the FA Cup finals Tottenham were in with his Owlad, watching it on his knees. So he has a special sort of relationship with that FA Cup. However, the FA Cup is harder to win than the Carabao Cup. For me, I think we're going to win the Carabao Cup this season. I just truly believe that Ange is going to get us there because little things he does, he gets them practicing penalty when cup games are coming about to get them in that um, mindset that it's knockout football and you have to be a winner. Um, so I definitely think we're going to win a trophy uh, for sure. I'm going to go Carabao Cup. Um, then the other one, uh, what were the other two, Chris? What would you like to see happen in the transfer window? And give me a prediction for Tuesday night. Yeah, look, what I want to see happen in the transfer window is just our worst players gone. Our worst players. For me, for me, like, that, you know, we've sold Harry Kane. And we're talking about selling likes of Hoiberg and people like that. I don't understand it. Surely the aim of the window is to get rid of your worst players. You've got Hugo Lloris, who's declared he doesn't he doesn't want to be a part of the plans at the end of last season. Why is he still around? We should be making more of a conservative effort to try and get him out. Same as Eric Dyer. And the reason why I think them two are very, very important to be gone is because... You know, they turned under Ange Postacoglu, but they also turned under Jose Mourinho. They've been a massive part of the problem over the over the, over the last couple of years. And they've also had a massive hold on that dress room. They've still got friends in there. And they're not going to be happy if they're isolated and left out of the plans. And all it takes is for a couple of results to go the wrong way. And them guys will be sitting there waiting in people's ears. So for me, I think just purely because they were part of the old leadership group, I think it's very, very important that the ones that Ange doesn't want has to be gone out the door so that he can't be undermined or second-guessed in, in, in that regard or people pulling players away. So I want to see that happen. I would love to keep Hoiberg and the Celso. 
um, and loan out Ollie Skip. And the reason why I say that is I think Hoiberg and Celso give us um, a lot more than what Ollie Skip does. I think when I look at Ollie Skip, you know, he's got Bentecourt to get in ahead of when he comes back. Sar, who's on a different level. You've got Madison. I think Hoiberg's a better player. And Celso. And with Ollie Skip, for me, I think he's got a lot to learn, especially on the ball. He's got to be better. But also defensively, I think he's got to be better. For me, I don't see the be- there's a benefit of us keeping him around here for the homegrown rule, for sure. But in terms of Skip's game and his development, I'm not sure what the benefit is to keep him around here for a full season. I think he'd benefit from a low move playing week in, week out, so he can develop then parts of his game so that he can come back and really give um, some of the other midfielders ahead of him. Um, you know, a, a problem. But look, I also want to see centre-back come in here because we're only one as good as things are right now. If we carry one injury, we're back to using having to use a Sanchez, a Dyer and people like that. And they've notoriously, you know, pulled us down when they've stepped in over the last few years. They're just not good enough. Um, so we need to get in another centre-back. That is absolutely crucial. I know some people would say too, but I'm very happy with Dorrington and, and Phillips if one of them need be to be stepped up. Um, someone said about sending, um, you know, Lloris and Dyer down to the under-21s to play with reserves. I don't want them anywhere near it. They're absolutely balling out at the minute. I don't want them to disturb that. So keep them away altogether. But also, I want to see us get a striker in here. I know I said earlier on, I think it'll crush cool, uh, Richardson's uh, confidence, which I think it will. I think that'll end his Tottenham career. However, we're at a point now, you know, we've, we've allowed players and, and you know, uh, players to hold us back over the years gone by and and that's been out of because not only fans but people in around the club wanted players to come good but that ability just wasn't there and Ricky alluded to, to it earlier we can't have players holding us back anymore we've been four years with the soul sucked out of this club we finally have our soul back we finally have our club back and now's the time to push forward with it not hold back and not be sentimental I really want it to work out with Richarlison as well However, I've seen more than enough of the guy to show that his all-round game just isn't good enough or consistent enough to take us to where we want to go. But ultimately, Ange Postacoglu wants to go. So I want to see a striker in here. But I don't want to see any of these gift door bands. For me, that's a punt. Um, you know, he's, it's it's a big ask to ask him to come into the Premier League, hit the ground running and bag us the goals we need. We need to go into the market. We need to pull out a player that's playing up the top half of one in Europe, you've got a couple in Italy, a Dusan Vlatovic, I'd even take a Tammy Abraham in here. Players like that is ones that we know where they know the back of the net is. We get one of them in, who knows where we can finish this season. Dave, just, a quick, just a quick yes Sorry? or no. Br- Brennan Johnson, yeah. yes or no? No. And your, and your prediction for Tuesday? Yeah, I, I'm going to go 3-0 Tottenham. Wow. Wow. Ricky, what about you? Oh my gosh! All right, so give me the set me up with the first question first, Rav. I don't know which way, I don't know which way to go. Which way? Um... I was going to say I'm going to sit back. We'll sit back for ten minutes. <laughs> all right, all right. Prediction, Predi- prediction. And let me do it quickly. <laughs> quickly. We yeah. All we all know that's something. All right. Prediction. I'm, I'm going to go with two nil win for Tottenham um, on the Tuesday. Uh, the transfer window. Um, we definitely need to get a couple out. Those that need to be off need to be off this week. Do you know what I mean? And if we can, if we can get a bit of money in for some of these players, 
fantastic. But I'm not going to panic because, um, as we've seen in seasons before, um, Tottenham ain't afraid to rip up a contract. We've seen it with Serge Aurier. We've seen it with Delhi. We saw it with Doherty last year as well. Was it last year? I can't remember. Yeah, but we've we've seen it a couple of times. So um, I would love to get some of these out and kind of like, because this is a new era. So I'd love to get a couple of them out. And like uh, Dave was saying there, a centre-back would be great to come in and an attacker. Now, for me, just on a sidebar with Orban, I, I know the clips and... But it, it, he just seems like an anomaly to me. He just seems like someone that's come out of nowhere, which has literally come out of nowhere, started football late, and he just, he don't care about what you say about him or what you think of. He's just there to bang goals. There's a bit of the Defoe about him. The way he strikes a ball, it's not just the amount of goals, it's the way that he strikes a ball that excites me. So as a out-and-out goal scorer, as somebody to, to bring off the bench to kind of go, go get us a goal, I, I could see that happening. He's not going to assist too many. I don't know if you've seen his assist stats. He's not there to assist anybody. He's there to get the ball and bang it in the back of the net. So, yes, it is a punt. Um, but there is something special about him. I don't know what mm. it is, but I just see something special about him. There's a different energy where he, he's just like, I'm going to show everybody. Um, so, yeah, him or whoever else that they want to bring in, I'm not going to be... If Ange wants them, I'll, I, I'm going to want them because Ange sees something within them that uh, that they can bring to the side and I, I'm down to back that. Do you know what I mean? Um, if you are going to sell Hoiberg, then we are going to have to bring somebody else in, I feel. Um, and he's gonna the person that we bring in is going to have to be of a certain standard. Do you know what I mean? We've just seen Alvarez go to West Ham, dynamite player. You know, Kudus that's gone to West Ham. Absolute diamond of a player. I would have loved him um, at Tottenham as well. Um, so there are there are some good options out there. And again, we've got to trust our scouts and our data-led driven uh, recruitment system right now. And we've got to trust what Ange wants and sees in a player. If he sees and wants, uh, if he sees what he needs to see in a player, and he wants that player, and he wants to bring him in, then that's when I'm like, bring him in because. He knows it's not just the ability or the technical aspects of it. It's the mentality. It's the personality that he needs from a certain player. So <clears throat> I'm sure we've got our list there. But um, yeah, transfer period, uh, we, we need to get those out. We know we've got eight to ten to get out. So if we can get six out, I'd be a happier guy. Um, and then those that want to sit, you know, outside of that 25-man squad, fine. Um, so that's Prediction, transfer window. What was the other one, Chris? Will it be our year after oh, good. 15 long years? Oh, okay. Well, it'll be, it'll be 16 by the time we play the final. Ah, oh, mate. Um, by the time we play the final. Did you hear that? He said it. By the time <laughs> we play the final. The thing is, is that under this manager, in this new system, with this excitement, with this togetherness, and... With this kind of unpredictability, I, I think it's going to be very hard for coaches to kind of try and play against us um, at the minute, just because I don't think they're going to know what we're going to do. And the interchangeability of different positions all at, all around the pitch, not, the pitch mm -hmm. not everybody's kind of restricted to be like, this is where you need to be, this is where you need to be. It, it's it, There is a fluidity, but there is, there is fluidity with kind of a strength of mentality. Do you know what I mean? They're not switching off. They're not just going to go out there and play 
Aussie are dealers football. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be that it's, there's still like uh, a kind of intelligence about their play. And I think it's going to be trouble for, for, for people that we play, especially in the cups. Um, like Dave said there, you know, I think we all know that Andrew's going to go out there to make it happen. The other side of me, look, you know, Man City are a beast of a team. Um, you know, they've, they've won, I think, I think they've only not, not won one of the domestic cups once, I think, at a guess. So it's going to be tough. We've got some other sides out there that, got, that are going to be wanting, wanting those trophies as well. But with the way that we're playing, I, I don't see, I think this is probably our best shot. This year and the years coming, I think it's probably our best shot to go out there and win something. And the one thing that Ange Fosokoglu gives me, again, is belief. So I'm going to believe in my boys. I'm going to back my boys. And why can't we have Sonny climb the damn stairs and lift the trophy for Tottenham Hotspur? Why not? Tell me why not. Come on. What a great way to end the show, Rick. Uh, Mitch, before I get your thoughts, do you want to go through today's results in the Premier League? Arsenal 2, Fulham 2, Brentford 1, Crystal Palace 1, Everton nil, Wolves 1, Manchester United 3, Nottingham Forest 2. Uh, the late kickoff is Brighton v West Ham. But as things stand, uh, we are still top of the Premier League and our North London rivals, Arsenal, are second. Uh, we're ahead on goal difference. So what a great way to end the show. Mitch, um, uh, your score prediction for Tuesday, whether you think Spurs can finally win a trophy and uh, what would you like to see happen in the transfer window in the next six days? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll start. I'll do it in order then. So Tuesday, um, I will go for a 3-2 win. I have a weird feeling Ooh. that it's going to be a, a really like sort of open game. I feel like we're just going to see a load of goals so many times this season. So, yeah, Craven Cottage away on a Tuesday night. Um, a huge amount of Spurs support in the stadium as well, which is going to be awesome. Um, I, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about it. Um, and as long as we win the game, even if it is a 3-2, then, then I don't mind too much uh, about it um, in these cup games. That's what the cup's all about um, anyway. So, yeah, um, backing us to, to get through the round. 3-2 uh, win. I think we're, we'll be comfortable, I reckon. Um, Still, so I reckon we'll go 2 or 3-0 up and then maybe they'll claw one or two back. But we'll see. Um, yeah, like I said, so still backing us to win. Um, the, tr the 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 trans the transfer window one we definitely still need to do some business in. Um, I think like I think Ricky mentioned uh, it earlier. If we were to get an, an injury um, or in defence in particular, we are back to having to use perhaps the players that we're not necessarily as comfortable with. Um, so I think a centre back is is a must. Um, so we'll see what develops with that because it's gone a bit quiet on that front I think I don't, I don't know about all of this Tosin stuff with Fulham and what's going on there there they seems to be the, the one that I've seen a lot recently so I guess we will wait and see um, I agree with what the others said about central midfield position happy enough if Hoiberg stays but if we do sell him then we need to bring in a replacement um, we can't just be letting him sort of go and then and then not bring someone of a similar or better quality in I mean for me personally, um, you've got you've got Sofiane Amrabat training on his own at Fiorentina. Man United seem to be stubborn when it comes to, to fronting the cash for him. He's a player I would love to see at Spurs. Um, you know, after watching him in detail on the in, on the in the World Cup 
during uh, during the winter. I think he 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 would be perfect for the sort of football that Ange wants to play. Um, can't particularly see it happening. I think I think he will end up at United in the end because I think he's available for quite cheap as well, something like 20, 25 million, which is a bargain in my eyes. And you know, if I'm Daniel Levy sitting there and seeing a player of that sort of standard for the, for that cheap, I'd be wanting to go for that. And then we need to bring in another forward as well. Um, again, I think the consensus is perhaps sell before we can buy, um, which, you know, my, my views on that are particularly great because I always feel like adding quality should be the priority. And then if you have to ship people to the side okay. and have to sit out away from the squad because they they won't go anywhere else or we can't find a suitable place for them to to, to go then then that should be the priority but um yeah i have said Dave said earlier about you know bringing in an established striker um i actually do, i do agree with him on that point I, mm. my only my only thing with that is i don't think we will um, oh, yeah. yeah um which which is disappointing cuz you know you, you think about adding a, a top-class striker to this, and we, we've spoken about Richarlison anyway and our opinions on that anyway, but if you were to bring in a, a striker we know is going to score 15, 20 goals in the season, you know, that that would be just exceptional and the possibilities with a player like that in the squad um, would be fantastic. Try not to think about Kane at the moment because I just get it up. Um, yeah, so, so they're um, Gift Orb and Brennan Johnson. They're sort of the two big names we're it looks like we're potentially going to move for by the end of the window. I'd be happy with either of them. My viewpoint on the whole thing is if Ange wants a player, um, then I'll get behind it. Don't care who it is, to be honest. If if Ange has, has noted him and decided that he will suit his brand of football and make us better, then then I'm all for it. Even if we do have to pay 40, 50 million for, for, not, for Forrest's Johnson, um, then... You know, I'll get over the price tag eventually. It's not my money anyway, but he's someone that could come into the team and add a little bit of something, whether it be as a winger, whether it is through the centre. I can't necessarily see that. But yeah, there is work certainly still to be done. And then to come on to the, to the big one, uh, silverware, um, and I'll recycle my answer that I give to people every single year. Absolutely, we can we can win something this year. Um, you know, I'm still I'm still nursing the heartbreak over recent years with with the Carabao mm. Cup final against City and the Champions League final and stuff like that. But I I feel more confident these days, and from what I've seen so far, that if we were to get to a final, I'd have a bit more faith in us going out there and really taking the game by the scruff of the neck and, and just getting it over the line. We just, I think, to be fair, I think regardless of who's in charge at the club when we eventually do get to another final, we're playing for that silverware, it's still going to be a scrappy, cagey 90 minutes until we mm. get over the line and do win something. I think that's just going to be the case until we end that sort of drought. Um, but yes, I do think we'll win it. I'm not going to be picky. I'll take the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. I do not care which one. Um, I think the Carabao Cup, because it's earlier, would be a fantastic opportunity if we can get through the first couple of rounds. All of a sudden, you're getting towards the quarterfinals, by Christmas time and, and and at the start of the new year, so that that one excites me. And, and the FA Cup is, you know, a long process that, that it's difficult to sort of think about until until it really starts later in the season. But yeah, I can see it. I can picture it. Um, it would be our luck to win something the season that that, that Kane goes. But you know, I'm not going to feel sorry for him if if we do. Um, and you know, I, I look forward to the day that, that, that it happens that we um, that we beat Arsenal in the final of the Carabao Cup um, in in the new year and uh, and get that one over the line. So yeah, fingers crossed.
Wouldn't that be nice? I'll tell you what, I don't know why people water down the Carabao Cup because teams like Manchester City, of course, take it extremely seriously. It's, it's a domestic cup and I would love to see Spurs win it again. And I think, like you, Mitch, I picture Spurs winning it every year. That's probably why I'm so disappointed year after year because I picture it and it just doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> Mitch, you've been an absolutely wonderful guest. You've been a wonderful panel, actually, uh, today. I've really, really enjoyed this chat with you. Um, Mitch, please tell everyone where they can find you on social media what you're up to at the moment and uh yeah yeah so i'm just um over on on x these days or twitter still can't get my head around calling it x i don't particularly like it but you know <laughs> needs must um yeah just at mitch underscore fret and if you fancy um following along um enjoying myself a lot over there at the moment with with everything that's going on about like there's so much good content um, in and around on the platform, whether it be videos of of the players and the fans celebrating or or whatnot. So, um, yeah, if 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 you fancy coming over and following me over there, I've a lot of stuff going out. Um, and thank you for having me back on, Chris. It's been a real pleasure and uh, pleasure sharing the screen and sound waves with uh, with Ricky and David as well too. I, I really appreciate it. Mitch, thank you so much. And David, tell everyone about your wonderful channel, where they can find you, what sort of content you've got coming out at the moment. Yeah, first of all, thanks very much for having me, Chris, and um, you know all of all, all all of Chris's fans out there. Thanks very much for having a listen to me. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Mitch and Ricky, sharing a panel with you. So thanks very much for that, guys. I really enjoyed it. But you guys can find me over at the Irish Hotspur. Um, yeah, I just do a lot of content. I have discussions during the week and on the weekend. I watch the game. So you know, if 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 you're stuck at home and uh, you know you you want someone to watch the game with until you're waiting for Chris's uh, post match show. Why not come and join me for the watch along? But uh, no, look, I appreciate it. And um, it's just good to be happy. We've got our club back and long may it continue. They might need your channel sooner rather than later with my Wi-Fi connections on these away games. <laughs> We've got a couple couple, of, couple more away games coming up, so I might have problems. Um, Ricky, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us as usual. Where can people find you? Oh, you guys know where you can find me. You can find me here on X at Ricky J Norwood on Instagram, official Ricky Norwood. And um, I'll probably be on with you very, very shortly, uh, Chris. Do you know what I mean? But um, always an honour and a pleasure being on. Again, big shouts out to Dave and Mitch. Great panel, man. I totally enjoyed this. And even though we're hitting two hours, it's totally flown by. Mm -hmm. And again, I want to give a little shout out to all those that have... Oh, easy. I want to give a little shout out to all those around the world that have left fantastic, beautiful, lovely messages and comments and 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 tweets and um, you know from around the world. It's been overwhelming. You know, yeah. I, I I just feel like a, a guy sitting here chatting to three other mates about football. Do you know what I mean? And you know those listeners and watchers out there. I can talk all day about Tottenham, um, but. Um, so, but to see your comments and to see the love that you that, that you give Chris and you give the channel and you give all of us, it's it, it's yeah. super overwhelming and much appreciated. And do not forget that Chris is up for the football content award. Is that right, Chris? Wow. So that is right. get 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 on his Twitter, uh, find the link, uh, sign up, make sure you let him know you know, uh, who you love and who you're backing for the Football Content um, Award. Is that is that the full name? Football Content Award? Is that what it is? That's what it is. Chris. That's what it is. There's, right. many, there's many different categories. But yeah, thank you so much to everybody who has voted so mm -hmm. far. And I should also just like to say, uh, we've had a record two and a half million views in the past 30 days on this channel, which is absolutely mind-blowing. 
um, wow. and the amount of people that listen um, to the podcast version as well. So I cannot thank all of the uh, viewers and listeners enough for all of the support. Uh, I know Ange Postacoglu has had a big uh, part of this because, of course, everybody's excited about Ange Ball. Uh, so hopefully it will continue and hopefully all of us will be smiling on future podcasts. But um, David, Ricky and Mitch, you've been a wonderful panel this evening. Um, thanks so much uh, for, to listening, everybody. Thanks for watching. And uh, we have got our Tottenham back and we are top of the Premier League. What a way to finish the show. Come on, you Spurs. Come on! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.